It's time for the Ghostfire Media Network podcast show, featuring the stars of iRacing's IVRL and the AOLL. Now, here's your host, the Ghostfire Media Network crew. Alrighty, good evening, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to the Ghost Fire Media Podcast. And my webcam decided it's not going to work. All right. Uh, as I figure this one out. Hey, Justin. Uh, that, that's the weirdest thing in the world. All right. Let me I was going to say, you make fun of my webcam, no, I my make fun of it because overly of powerful webcam here. Just because it happens to also be a studio camera, but you know what? It doesn't do this to me. So, yeah. There's only so bad it can be. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I, I paid about one-tenth the price you paid for your uh, porno camera, so it's cool. You know what? It <laughs> Actually, I'm willing to bet not, because this was second-hand, and this thing is generations old. But you know what? All right, yeah. that looks a lot like, better. Uh, I'm back up and running. I was going right. to say, it actually looks clearer, too. Yeah, I got the Elgato face cam now. Oh, so, nah, you paid about one-fifth of what I did for my camera then. Still a lot of money. Uh, that's overkill. But then you have to do, you got your capture card, too. Who said I paid for that, though? Oh, <laughs> it, it is an expense if I went to get it. It would be an extra expense. So man, yeah, that's true. All right. So, well, how how was your week, Josh? You know what? Honestly, it was kind of crappy until today. I didn't realize that today was National Bosses Day, and my team at work actually banded together and bought me a rather expensive bottle of bourbon that I'm enjoying tonight. So you're saying you're a boss at work? I am. I run the entire account accounting department in my office. Outstanding. Like, I'm in a boss, so to speak, depends on what level you want to look at it. And, um, but I also like, you know, in the army, we got ranks and privates to your lowest, and you're like a PV1 or a PV2. You know, most days, you know, I feel like I'm a PV7. So I'm way up there on the food chain, but I'm at the bottom at the very exact same time. So it's one of those wonderful things that you gotta find balancing acts that you got to do. You know what, Justin? We'll, we'll, we'll see what happens. <laughs> no <laughs> oh man but uh no uh, i mean i had a great week uh thinking it was uh was it tuesday or wednesday i get my days mixed up maybe but i think it was wednesday the wife uh out of the blue just said hey guess what i'm in dallas come pick me up here in about an hour when i land in colleen you know surprise me she's been having she's had to keep this thing a secret for a month and a half almost two months and for her that's an eternity like she's the person that buys the christmas gift on december 1st and then we'll like okay uh i'm ready to give it to you I'm like no you gotta wait till december 25th she's like no i'm, I'm just gonna give it to you like no that's it's me. killing me no that's me is i am that person i'm just so excited to give it to like give my wife her gift every year that it rarely ever makes it that far yeah, so, you know, for her to keep it a secret, I mean, apparently she told a lot of people, and a lot of people kept it a secret. Uh, 
So uh, she teaches Johnny's kids uh, musical lessons on Sunday nights, and apparently uh, she told them, but then told uh, them not to tell Johnny so she he wouldn't slip up uh, during conversation that we have. Uh, and like, oh yeah, when Chris will come see you next week or something like that. So, you know, a lot, a lot I, you know, everybody was close holding. I, I pick on my daughter because she didn't tell me either. So, you know, I was like, well, you're you're never getting nothing from me ever again. And she even commented on the Monday night broadcast when you've been asking her to. So, yeah, and then I, I embarrass the crap out of her. She'll never do it again. <laughs> oh, sadly, sadly, she will never do it again. But yeah, I mean, I, I had a great week so far. Um, had some uh, decent driving throughout the week and uh, not the finishes I expected, but uh, the racing was fun other than that. Yeah, it was. We'll call Wednesday an interesting race. Very interesting. But it, I think it's a product of so many people are used to running Michigan specifically and in the trucks. The standard setup is tight. And the setup that we got was a little more free and not everyone was ready for it, but we had a lot of side-by-side. I think it was more of just a little mistakes that everybody had to just compound it and make the bigger mistakes. You know, so I mean, we'll talk about that when we get to that segment uh, for them. But uh, until then, we have our first guest tonight. His name is Boomer Logan, and he is from the Fuel Racing League. We've been trying to get him on for a little bit, and, uh, you know, schedules didn't line up. So we have him tonight. So let's go ahead and bring Boomer inside. Alrighty. Hey, Boomer. It's uh, Adam and Josh, man. How are you doing tonight? Hey, good. How are you guys doing? Can you hear me? Yeah, man. Yeah, we've you. got you. Cool. Alrighty. Hey, man. Well, welcome. We're at a podcast episode like 26, 27, somewhere around there. We're well, we're a well on our way to having a huge series here. Um, we're, we're glad to have you on. And uh, so what we like to do is we like to get to know who, who you are, uh, both on the track and off the track. We'll start with that. Uh, we'll start with off the track. Tell us who you are, what you do for a living, family, friends, uh, personal life. And then uh, do you have any outside dirt racing or any type of racing experience outside of uh, the sim world? And then then dive deep into your whole entire career of sim racer. Okay, sounds good. Yeah, so I guess I'll start. Um, I'm an engineer, a uh, mechanical engineer. Um, I actually work at a company that makes uh, steering gears for uh, most of the the big three here in uh, in the U.S. and um, a lot of other uh, places across the world and stuff like that. But um, pretty much wanted to be an engineer my entire life. Um, we live, uh, my wife and I live up here in uh, in Owasso, Michigan. Um, so up north here, um, I think most of you guys are probably are from further down south, right? No, I'm actually a uh, Cleveland area native. Oh, okay, Cleveland. Oh, that's right. I think I saw a Browns jersey. Uh, yeah, I was not going to the... comment on the Bills. Okay, okay, yep, yeah, yeah. <laughs> we already have one comment out there. Yeah. Uh, who day? Yeah, my um, my family, both my parents are from uh, the Buffalo area, and um, so William is my real name. Boomer is a nickname. Um, so when I was a kid, I was Bill, and it was really cool that you know the Bills were named after me. So I've been a Bills <laughs> fan my whole life. But yeah, but yeah, I've been uh, been here, grew up here in Michigan. Um, yeah, my uh, wife and I have been here in Owasso for uh, 
kind of like central central estate um been here for about uh three years now so yeah i got you so do you have the uh outside racing experience or is it just sim only I actually have more um, outside racing experience than I do uh, sim racing experience. So um, growing up, I uh, actually raced um, quarter midgets um, from the age of about eight years old to maybe 15 or 16. Um, and uh, did that for, you know, obviously did that for, for quite a while, about eight years or so. Um, that was probably, I mean, that was probably one of the coolest things uh, I did growing up, you know, getting the race uh, wheel to wheel with. Um, you know, with kids growing up and got more competitive over the years. Um, uh, one, uh, even was fortunate enough to win a track championship in, uh, 2007, um, at the, um, Michigan Midget Racing Association in Waterford, Michigan. Um, it's kind of a cool story. Uh, so I won a track championship in the, the heavy Honda division that season. Um, and the guy, uh, that won, in the light 160 division his name is uh eric jones <laughs> current driver in the cup series that's cool it's kind of cool to say yeah it's kind of cool to say that i used to used to race against um you know eric and uh, there's a couple other guys that uh made it up to like the xfinity series and stuff like that but had uh had a lot of fun doing that um so, so the question is would they recognize boomer logan's name everybody <laughs> recognize eric jones would eric jones recognize boomer logan you know, I don't know. It's it's been a long time since I've talked to to Eric. Probably pretty much since I stopped racing. So um, I'm sure, like in conversation, you know, eventually he'd uh, he'd remember. But it's been a while since I've I've talked to them. But it's I mean, it's really cool to still see people that you know you knew and that I knew and raced against that are uh, that are up there. And uh, I mean, you know, as kids racing quarter minutes, like that was a dream, right? Like everyone wanted to do that. Yeah. And for me, it was uh, it was a lot of fun. Um, I think about 15 or 16, I. Um, got in the car in the off season and I was like growing in like a weed in high school and, um, got in the car one night just on, uh, you know, like a, in the middle of the off season, maybe December time frame, And like my head was sticking through the roll bars. It's like, <laughs> Oh, it's time, uh, you know, time to, uh, to maybe do something else. And at that point I kind of focused more on, uh, on school and, uh, you know, getting my, uh, mechanical engineering degree, but it's, uh, you know, back then that was kind of the dream to to go to nascar and uh still obviously a big fan of the sport and and, and racing in general but so have you thought about trying to make it back i have um i don't know you know knowing a little bit about like what it takes to get up there it's it's crazy i mean the people that i know that have gotten there had a lot of money to help them get there uh, a lot of support, a lot of sponsorship, you know, right place, right time stuff. I mean, Eric Jones poured a lot of money and then uh, did really good at the Snowball Derby two years in a row to get to where he is, which is really cool. But um, if I did something, it'd probably be like a sprint car, like maybe like a, I thought about like a, a micro sprinter or something like that. But um, I don't know. I think the, if I did get into it, I got to find more of the, uh, more of the people, like the, the group of people to support. Cause it's really, yeah, you, know, it's, you can't really just do it as a one person. You got to have like a group of people around you to, to really be successful. So yeah. yeah. One of the guys on my, my SIM team is trying to finish his legends car. Okay. But he built it with his neighbor who happens to be a mechanic. Yeah. But it's languished yeah to where he hasn't found the time to really take it to the track because that's what kids do to you apparently yeah, yeah i'm sure <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, luckily I, I don't have that problem yeah yeah i grew up uh near the end of high school starting racing go-karts and then kind of got into that okay and, and uh you know 
I'm coming near like, you know, 16, 18 years later, you know, I got a, you know, I think at the time it was like 12 year old daughter. And I was like, Hey, we're, we're moving back towards uh, my hometown. My dad's going to be there. Like, let's get back into go-kart racing. Like I want to get my yeah. daughter into it. Cause we had like off-road go-karts up in Maryland. You know, she loved just driving around and doing a whole, having, you know, having fun that way. We got there and cause my dad was a small engine mechanic. So that's kind of he was one to build our engines and set everything up inside of his uh, lawnmower shop that he had. And, you know, we, okay. that's, we had, you know, we were the guys showing up with uh, the carts on a, you know, either in the back of our pickup truck or actual, uh, we have a lawnmower trailer that we'd go around picking up lawnmowers. So we either had them on that and that's how we showed up and everybody else has all these fancy enclosures yeah. and everything like that. You know, got, you know, all this money that dived into it. And I got my 83 S 10 pickup. It's all beat the hell up and we're just coming out there to have a good time. And, uh, but you know, I yeah. was hoping to get back into it whenever, you know, my daughter got there. And fortunately we found out at that point, I think age 10 or 11 or 12 that she was actually deaf in her right ear. And they're like, yeah, motorsports is probably not going to be a good thing for her. Uh, yeah. You know, she needs to keep the good, good hearing in the other ear. Yeah, definitely. So yeah, that's, uh, that's cool. but I, I wanted to try and get into it. And, but, uh, sim racing kind of, kind of, kind of gets you that itch there, but it's not the same, yeah. not there. And back in the day, the methanol, the track, you are driving around and you got that smell and the, the smell. The feel oh yeah. That, the whole yeah. everything man and it's you know it kind of brings you back yeah we had a chance to go to uh bristol for the playoff race a couple weeks ago and uh that was just like the smell and the environment and it's just like you just you know you kind of get back in and it's just there's nothing like it i mean yeah. sim racing like you said kind of scratches that itch but it's there's nothing like being out uh you know the fire suit you know getting ready to hop in the car and yeah it's just it's fun yeah. but yeah sim racing definitely uh fits the budget right now that's for sure so <laughs> and sometimes so. it can not fit the budget depending on how far you want to go yeah yeah it's uh i didn't realize like you know and i racing probably is my biggest hobby still i mean you know it's it's obviously not the the, the cheapest thing to really be you know that deep into fa you know especially with i racing and buying the tracks and stuff like that but it's probably uh, probably one of the bigger hobbies that i have um for the for the most part so it's fun it's been fun to get into i mean it, it can be cheap but then you want the a little bit more realistic and that realistic comes with a little bit more money and oh, it yeah. just continues on and it's a it's never yeah. ending cycle and i mean uh you know mm -hmm. you gotta have people around you that can support you on your endeavors well my right. wife has been really supportive uh over over this past like two years you also yeah. have the advantage of not living with your wife right now yes that's gonna you know it's gonna take a little back seat whenever i finally get back next year and uh you know, yeah. be able to be able to hang out with her full time again and uh be home and then retire. Yeah. People talking about retirement and it's, it's <laughs> retirement <laughs> number one. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. But I'm gonna go back to work. I still have really big dreams and aspirations and actually get yeah. paid what I'm worth. Yeah. But uh so, so oh, let's ahead. talk fuel. Okay. Yeah. So yeah. I've been out on track with you. Yeah, two times. <laughs> I wasn't not sure much. if you'd be on this week or not, because uh, I know, uh, well, the Sportsman Series went a little interesting. Uh, I think I ran into the back of you two weeks in a row, like the first two races, Josh. So I, I don't curse anyone, especially <laughs> in the ARCA cars, because those things have a mind of their own. Yeah, I definitely got in too hot two weeks in a row and just, I mean not even close like just <laughs> sent you so i do apologize no, that, yeah but, no you're but it's fun it's all good 
The only time I ever get mad at someone after a little while is if for some reason you dump me and then blame me. Yeah, yeah. I, I usually try to own up to my mistakes because I know I make a ton of them, but it's fun. Yeah. So that's cool. I mean, it's been for this season, there were so many people from the start and it's starting to dwindle a little bit, but yeah, we're about to hit the playoffs. Yeah. It's going to be exciting. Yeah. Are you uh, just looking forward to running along with these guys and being able to have the on track view of everyone fighting it out? Yeah, I um, I'm usually not. I'm kind of more towards the back, maybe, um, you know, edge of the top 10 in fuel. I mean, these guys are really competitive. Um, last season. So last season was my first season. What was that? The the 2021 a season was my mm-hmm. first season with fuel. And, um, damn near made the playoffs, but I had, um, oh, what was it? There were a couple, oh, uh, I got wrecked. Um, after I got through the big one, I got wrecked by someone who was using a spotter and the spotter didn't call me out at Talladega and I just kind of got turned randomly in the middle of straightaway. So I don't know if I would have been probably been a little bit closer to the playoffs, but that would have been like a fifth place position versus I think like the 28th that I was scored in, but I was, I was really close to the playoffs, but there was only probably around about. 20 25 people really shown up um in the last uh last half of the season there so it's it's really cool to see all the people this season the the higher car count and um you know see you know just to see more people and more competition um been fortunate enough to be um had a had a couple bad uh bad breaks where i got wrecked a couple times like at uh homestead and darlington so it kind of immediately took me out of the running in the playoffs uh ladder or whatever but it's uh it's cool to be a part of it and, and it's cool to see it obviously my teammate um michael stroll is uh is typically up in the mix so it's kind of kind of cool to at least be in the race uh race chat and hear him and you know he's he's probably been the one who's helped me the most uh honestly just learning about um and i've only been i racing for about two years so helping me with you know how to set uh brake bias and you know how to change the steering ratio to help you be a little bit faster and stuff like that just stuff that i had no idea how to do and uh, but it's just fun to be a part of that and uh, and see it on the track for sure. So, yeah, yeah takes, that, that's one bit. of the. I was gonna say that's a huge learning curve, especially if you were running yeah. quarter midgets. Those were things that you had no opportunity to change. Right, and I was a kid at the time. Like I didn't really start setting up the cars until maybe the last two years that I ran, and even at that, it wasn't a ton of stuff. Like I could tell, you know, it's like I knew how much to adjust by, like it, you know, but uh, not actually making the adjustments myself. So. That's, I guess that's one thing that I wish I knew more about how to like actually set the cars up. But yeah, uh, I wish I paid attention to my dad. Yeah, my dad yeah, exactly. It's like how much air pressure? He just told me, "Hey, put this much in here, put that much in there." Okay, dad, right. whatever, dad. I got you. Yep. <laughs> I, yeah, I could tell you it's like two clicks tight or two clicks loose, and uh, other than that, like we had that kind of system. But other than that, I couldn't tell you what adjustments he made. So, yeah. but yeah. So it has... also kind of helps with the fixed leaks too, with not having to set that kind of stuff up. I, I about yeah. to ask that that yeah it, it's a blessing and a curse because there have been so many times we've just running even with fuel we've run setups that all i really want to do is make like a little bit of a spring adjustment to make it to where yeah because i love a loose rear end yeah i love i'd prefer a loose car too yeah tight cars are i re, I race a lot of tight cars in real life and they're not fun at all but uh yeah loose is loose is fun so and that's part of the reason why I've actually grown to love driving the indie car because you can 
make steering wheel adjustments and thanks Justin, yeah. i was waiting <laughs> for that one yeah but yeah. yeah because i i do not do well to where i'll be fast for five laps and then my right front tire is gone yeah yeah that that was one thing that i kind of had from the get-go like even when i started i didn't really have pace but i understood how to kind of save tire and and save the car at least to some extent um probably the biggest thing from like the quarter midget days that transfers over to uh the i racing stuff is, especially with fuel is like the racecraft, like how to set up a pass um and or like how to like if you're constantly swapping back and forth you know crossing over every other lap how to set it up to kind of stall them out in the middle of the corner so that by the time you get to the next corner or when they try to get back on the gas you're in a position where they can't and you can get the runoff and and just kind of hold them there for a second to, to get underneath them I need you to teach me how to do that. <laughs> it doesn't always work well, but that was one thing is I always prided myself on being able to pass and being hard to pass, but not so much in fuel just because like I said, I'm still, still not the, the pace isn't quite there yet, but it's fun. I was going to say two years is relatively new and iRacing loves changing everything. So yeah, you, I mean, it's you been end a, up huge, loot. a huge change in just the past year, just on iRacing in general with all their, track dynamics and the way everything's working and you know it's a you know, even if you did were here i mean a lot of people don't like the new changes because you know they were so used to the old one and now this those in different variables of different lines that you can run and how you do everything right don't get me started on the new road tire <laughs> model <laughs> It's fun how they change. Well, I guess I, I guess I respect the for the engineer in me respects trying to make it as accurate as real world as possible. Like I know they made the change with like the eighty seven cars because apparently those cars were never loose. Like they were always tight back in the day. And when you first got in those things, like man, those things were like driving on, on ice skates. It was you know yeah, you I, I, I didn't have it, I really didn't have fun. Like uh, we had this one league uh, uh, shine runners that. You know, I, I had fun in and was competitive, and then I switched over to the 87 cars and yeah. because they were the new shiny toys, so let's go, and they, they did that one. And I was just like, I tried to do a few races, and I'm like, no, can't do it. And it was, yeah, you know, so I was like, all right, nah, that's not, not the car for me to be competitive or anything of me liking it. Right. I didn't mind it when it first came out because we, so when I started, um, John Gervin, who's one of my, one of our teammates, he's actually also a coworker at work. He was one of the guys who originally got me into iRacing, got me convinced to get it. And um, we used to run a Thursday night league where every other league, every other week was a stock car at an oval. And then um, the alternate was um, a sports car or something, uh, open wheel car at um, at a road course. And I actually got my first win. There's only four or five of us that would show up every week, but I actually got my first win at North Wilkesboro in an 87 uh, car. Cause I was like one of the only cars that I could beat those guys in at the time. But <laughs> So I appreciated it back then, but I've run one race. It was Darlington. It was only because someone convinced me to run it with him to get the field up to the level Minimum. that it actually counted. Okay, yeah. And I was out within five laps. Yeah, Darlington is tough. <laughs> no matter what stock car you're in, Darlington's tough. And then I just ended up getting in, moving to just being his spotter, and then it was no fun because after 10 laps, he was a half a track ahead of everyone. Yeah. Honestly, the, the, the spotting side of things is kind of fun. Like if I ever, I feel like if I'd ever try to go into like NASCAR, I feel like I'd probably try to do something like that more. So the next you become a driver, I mean, I'm sure it's, you know, not as easy, but, uh, I listened to the, um, 
Door Pumper Clear that Dirty Mo Media puts out. It's just kind of fun to hear the the spotter's perspective and stuff like that. Like, there's definitely uh, a lot it's of respect for those it's kids a, do it's too. A very oh much yeah, art. yeah. Like, they just it's say so much stuff, and but so you gotta, fast, you got to communicate that, and you got to be able to know that your driver knows what you're talking about when you do it. So you got to have very cohesive relationship with your driver to be able to do that. It yeah. just can't just like wing it. Like, hey, dude, you want to be my spotter? No. <laughs> Yeah, it used to be, you know, kind of what they uh, they talk about. Uh, it used to be like that back in the day, but now you know, like there's a lot of information, and you kind of have to have that uh, that chemistry almost, just like uh, just like a crew chief does, you know. So, yeah, so. It, it. I actually fell in love with that spotting, running the 24 hours of Daytona. Okay. This past year, because I was up at 3 a.m. <laughs> to spot for the finish out the spotting for the person that I was taking over for. Yeah. And then you do it for the person that takes over for you for half of their stint. And yeah. surprisingly, it was just a lot of fun because I'm sitting yeah. there hopped up on Red Bull and being like, okay, <laughs> yeah, just... figuring out, okay, you're going to catch the next car at this specific turn. You have this car coming up on you. They'll catch you in a half a lap. And yep. it was, yeah, it especially me with more on my toes than running. Right. Yeah, I like the the classes too, especially like if you got if you're, you know, if you're not the top class or you the slowest class, you know, you either got you're either always catching someone or someone's always catching you, which is kind of cool, but Luckily, I got Adam and I were in the top rank. Yeah. The LMP. That helps a little yeah, bit. And, the, and our buddy Rick, he made the paint scheme, so we went like with a Menards kind of yellow and blue. So our uh, LMP love... had the bright yellow in the front and blue in the back. And our That's vet, cool. our vet was the opposite because they would think that the LMPs are going to catch them. So we put the bright color on the back and put the blue up front. Uh, <laughs> I love that. That train of thought is hilarious. And we were so <laughs> close. I think we were like 50 I rating points difference between being in the same stint with our two teams. So yeah, unluckily cool. we were not able to, that would have been more awesome to be able to be in the same stint as our, uh, our other counterpart team, but we were unable to just by just so little of uh you know uh i rating points yeah yeah it's kind of crazy because it uh it goes by the person who registers right or does it is it like an aggregate it, of it's everyone? an average of oh the it is okay team. okay yeah i know that um so john and i and a couple of his buddies uh wanted to do like what well, we want to do a 24-hour race but um like i just recently got my um you have to be a c license i think mm -hmm. at least yeah. in road and i i got that um Right before the summer hit, when things got busy and we just didn't really have, you know, time to do as much stuff. But I, I will tell you, it's a blast. Yeah. And if you do it, don't do short stints. Don't do one hour stints. Yes. Don't do them. Okay. Uh, do the long ones. All right. I will. It, it's got to be a minimum of two hours. Uh, two to three. I okay. think it's a good thing. We we had eight drivers because we didn't know what to do, and we had one hour stints. I mean, you waste thirty seconds every hour to swap out. And uh, so you're, it puts you behind the power curve there. And then, I mean, the amount of time you can actually drive on, you could do about two hours on the same set of tires, basically. And okay. uh, it and helped I out for that. us. I did that yeah. later because we have one guy that didn't show up for his stint. So the person that was after him, we just decided we're going to go long. And it was actually comfortable. Like, yeah. I didn't feel bad, but... You also don't want to be the only person that makes it to where you have to park it for <laughs> 10 minutes and, yeah. uh, for repairs yeah. like I was. Yeah. 
first lap turn one. Yeah, that's what I'm the most worried about because I've got all like this real life oval experience. I'm super comfortable on an oval, but uh, I am not a road racer at all. Like I, I enjoy it. It's been a lot of fun to learn it, but I do not have the confidence like some of the guys do in our league to to just send it in the corner on those um, on any of the road courses, really. So. So it's crazy. We got a question from Justin Anderson out there. He says, "Okay, uh, based on your background, are short tracks your favorite type of track to run?" I do like short tracks. I love watching them in real life. I love racing on them. I um, my best tracks in i racing have been um, like Vegas, Chicagoland, and Homestead for whatever reason. Um, so those are probably for me the most fun in i racing. Um, but I do, I really enjoy short tracks. I mean, I, yeah, um, so, bumper to bumper, beating and banging. It's probably, probably the best, uh, best kind of racing there is in my opinion. So, so. okay. I'm going to go with follow up that this okay. Monday we're going at to Martinsville. Martinsville. Yeah. So what, what's your likelihood of that one? I finished 11th there last year. So I am hoping, or in the, the 21A season for fuel, I'm hoping to, to pull out a top 15 maybe if I can. Obviously, a lot of it's just keeping the car clean, but uh, we'll see. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to try. I know it's, um, it'd probably be a long shot for me to go up there and, uh, and win that last, uh, that last playoff spot or one of the playoff spots, but uh, it'd, be, it'd be fun to... I usually have a little bit better pace there than, than some of the other tracks. So If there's one thing I've learned, I would call Mertensville almost as much of a wild card as the super speedways. Mm-hmm. Because I mean, yeah. I've seen some wicked wrecks from the top two yep. <coughs> on restarts. That and the track position is just insane. Like if you have, for whatever reason, if you get that track position and can hold off people and cautions just keep coming behind you, I mean, you know, Look at all the people that have won at Martinsville in, in the Cup Series or Xfinity Series. You know, Some of them are wild cards just because they can get that track position and hold yeah. it. So I, I think I've raced yeah. at Martinsville like three or four times over the past year and a half in league races, maybe more than that. And I don't think I've passed a single person actually on the actual track after, you know, not including restarts, but like once we yeah. actually go green for five, 10 laps, if more, I don't think I've ever actually like, Hey, I'm going to dive it in deep and pass him by. It's always been, Oh, yeah. you just screwed up. Oh, he screwed up too. Oh, <laughs> right. God, that's another spot. <laughs> oh yeah. That's one of those things where it's like the, especially the top guys in this league, like, you know, I can, I can run with them for like a lap or two and then I make a mistake and they're just gone, you know, but and that's, especially on the short tracks, like they are like, they, I mean, you know, Michael Stroll, um, uh, Bressy, Elwood, all those guys that are usually up in the mix, like, um, they're just, they don't really usually make mistakes. I mean, every, everyone does eventually, but like the amount of mistakes that they're making is like, you know, that they're, you know, they're this far off the line. I'm like this far off the yeah. line, you know? <laughs> so, but it's fun. Hopefully. Yeah. We'll see. Hopefully, um, hopefully do good at Martinsville. All right. So final question here, who do you think is going to win this Friday? That's what we do here or this coming Monday. That's what we do at the end of the segment. We try to figure out, point out who, do, who's going to race their way into, uh, to be the winner circle in that race. So Martinsville, who do you think is going to win? Oh man, that'd be interesting. Um, trying to think. It'll be, I'm 
I'm gonna pull for uh, I'm pulling for Michael Stroll, my teammate, mostly because he's finished second 17 times, I think now in league races and hasn't won in uh, in a while. So maybe I'm I'm pulling for him for the the teammate side of things, and I, I think he could get it done. So maybe maybe I'll go with the uh, I'll go I'll stick with the team. I'll go with the team. I'll see. Uh, I'll refer uh, refer Michael there. There's nothing wrong with that because you yeah. know what? At the end of the day, you don't want to have to hear it at <laughs> once you get into the section. Yep. Yeah. I there there's a lot of guys up there that I think could could get it. I know um I think Elwood won it last year or last season I should say at, at Martinsville if I'm not mistaken. But yeah, I'll I'll pull for the teammate there and uh see him. He he's probably pointed in already for uh, the playoffs, but I'll see. I'll I'll pull for him. So sounds good, man. Hey, uh, it was fun having you out here tonight, man. We appreciate you being able to come on here and uh letting the fans and the viewers out there know who you are, man. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, since they announced that we do this deal, uh, you know, with uh, with Ghostfire Media and Fuel, I was uh, I was excited and I was like, I gotta get on this podcast. It's such a cool thing. So I was gonna I, say it's fun to yeah, chat with everybody. Absolutely, yeah. it's good to get you know you guys a little bit better. And uh, yeah, appreciate you guys uh, picking me for this week. It's a lot of fun. Yeah, we we only have such a short time for this season, uh, so we only get to have so many people on. There's like you know forty something drivers and Fuel uh, right. are off and on the whole entire series. So we're you know, it's going to take a while to get everybody on here, but that's our goal is to get every single person on here and get let the viewers get to know who's on in the season and who's going to be racing in the series and get to know them more. Yeah, appreciate it. You'll probably find me closer to like the, the 10th to 20th place, uh, so watch me back there, but uh, it was always fun. Hey, appreciate being on. Don't, don't, don't worry. That's where yeah. I was when yep, I ran. Yeah. Because <laughs> right. that's why you managed to get into the back exactly. of me a few yep. times. And... <laughs> It's also why my car is bright pink in the yeah. back, is so you don't miss it. You do not miss it, that's for sure. It's it's a good-looking car. I like to pink. It's good. I got you, man. Cool. Hey, man, well, uh, enjoy your rest of your Friday night, and thanks for coming out. Yeah, thanks, you guys, too. Appreciate yep. it. Bye. See ya. All right. So that was the wonderful fuel chat there uh, with Boomer Logan. The man's a great... Great background, you know, the small world, so to speak, you know, you're racing with a driver who's raced with the pros. So, you know, it's yeah, kinda... you don't get that often in Northeast Ohio, though. Yeah, I, th I think the the closest thing I've got for that is a family member went to uh, Myrtle Beach Speedway back when Joey Logano was still running races before before he was become famous. They went and saw him race there one time. So that's the closest to, you know, I've had somebody do something that i know so on that note let's bring up our next guest mr patrick gaspar he is one of the top runners here for ibrl hey patrick it's adam and josh man you got a copy yeah how you guys doing tonight too bad i, I see that you got my reference in the last interview <laughs> yeah uh, yeah the spinning tires at martinsville or uh darlington you know it's they go hand in hand synonymously because i think we did both we did twice at darlington and once at martinsville we still we'll find out in the, in uh about a week and a half uh that's gonna come true to both tracks to get a huge spin out and the restarts I mean, hopefully it doesn't happen again. <laughs> there's, there's a lot more on the line now, so 
Uh, I hope everybody learned your lesson the first time around and uh, be a little bit more careful this time. I mean, the first time I ran, I just got I just got dogpiled. So I really didn't learn anything other than, you know, I'm, hopefully other people can hit the brakes before I can. Well, I mean, I was outside pole and thought I was going to get a black flag for crossing the line before he did. Uh, I'm not going to name his name. I'm sure we all know who it is, but... Uh, yeah, just I thought I was gonna get black flag, so I just I I didn't go, but he's one of tires. Yeah, don't worry, I, I have a meme up there that was back when the uh, ship was stuck in the canal. So I made uh, I put the ship on the front of the straightaway there, the or actually turned the entry of turn one, and uh, and just saw a huge pileup of IVRL back when we had like thirty five cars showing up on that Tuesday. Yeah, and it was a very epic meme at that, and I give you a lot of props for it. Oh man, those are fun times, man. Uh, but hey, uh, well, hey, uh, we, we we've come a long way since then. Uh, go ahead and uh, reintroduce yourself. I mean, it's been a while since you've been on here, so go ahead and uh, tell the fans of who you are, uh, personal life, real life, and sim life. Uh, I mean, how long has it been? Uh, I mean, my name's Patrick Gaspar. I drive the number eighty-six in iRacing. It doesn't matter what it is. It just uh, IVRL. Uh, I'm probably going to go to Erskine next year. I, I, I don't know what my plans are for next year yet, but uh, other than that, I'm trying to get into uh, four-cylinder dirt racing down here in Georgia. And uh, it just depends if their main driver is going to show up or not. But I'm on uh, I'm on standby every single weekend. I got you, man. So uh, right now, you're looking pretty decent i mean uh we got two new two more tracks coming up here we're going to kansas this tuesday the martinsville what's your outlook going into kansas honestly uh pretty crappy because i really don't like these cookie cutter tracks just i've never been good at it i've kind of surprised myself this year of how well i've run i don't know why but i just it might be the new competition of Causey and his team just pushing me just to do a little bit better. But overall, uh, I don't really see too much coming out of it. Maybe, you know, top five again, but it depends on fuel mileage and what's going on with the, uh, the stages and whatnot. I got you, man. So, uh, so what was your thoughts about this past week at Texas? Uh, for me, I thought it was a really great race. Uh, the one and two just, you know, it takes a lot of patience to actually run that corner and get a good run off of it. And, uh, you know, didn't get the finish I wanted to due to, you know, unfortunately I smacked the wall while leading. And apparently iRacing says it wants to take away engine for uh, right door damage. So uh, that just killed the rest of my race. I really hated it for you. I was happy you were up there and got the pole and running so well. And um, honestly, Texas is one of my least favorite. That's probably like one of my most hated tracks because once they repaved it, I just uh, I am not a fan of it. And to win stage one and do what I did, and I just miscalculated the uh, fuel mileage and what tires we had and that kind of screwed me for last stage 
and I just I, I don't know, man. I just I, I, I didn't really have my head straight for I guess the pit strategy that night. Yeah, I got you. Yeah, you know, you know, going into it, I was like, I know I need to have a good good stages and trying to get the most of points. And, you know, I, I surprised myself by getting the pole. And then when I got out there and, you know, I think it was lap basically one or two, you know, the incident happened between some, some freak incident happened between Causey and I think Charles was there and a few other people, Dalton, they're all right there in the mix. And that basically gave us about a five second lead there. And I was just like, hopefully all three of us would kind of just band together and just run away from the competition for that stage one. <laughs> yeah, I was all for it. I was pretty content to be just following you and Weatherby and let's just pull away from everybody. I, I had zero problem with that. I mean, coming into this round, I have enough of a cushion just to, uh, you know, just finish top five or whatever, you know, just to make it to Phoenix and make the final four. So. Yeah, I mean, it, it to me, I, I like the race. Uh, it took a while uh, to realize it wasn't aero damage for me. It was engine. I think it was at the end of stage two. I was like, there's got to be a reason. I've already fixed all my damage, and, you know, aero won't let won't make me, like, lose the draft. It won't do that. So then there, at the end of stage two, I was actually in the driving around trying to save some fuel there. I clutched and I was at like, yeah, I think 1750 or 1800 RPMs. I was like, that's why I can't keep up with the draft. And then just leave me after the tires start to wear off a little bit. I was like, oh, okay. That's why my night went to crap. Yeah. I mean, once uh pit cycles are going around, I saw you back in lead. I said, well, damn it. If everything goes well, my Adam might get a top five. Like who the hell knows if everything plays out. I mean, you were doing everything right, you know, for what was played to you after that damage. Yeah, I had to do a quick, uh, I, I decided to undercut the the pit cycle there on the first stage. I was like, okay, this is my the best shot I have for stage points. Stage two, I won't take tires. I'll do fuel only. I'll probably run it dry. So whenever I get down to the end, I'll just have a, basically a short fuel run, you know, put in like, you know, three or four gallons to get me to the end. So it's only one fuel can and get me there. And then, uh, you know, uh, I was able to take over the lead again, but then you came through because, you, know, you know, I'm down on horsepower. And then uh, next thing you know, Cody and uh, I think Miz, they came out of nowhere as well and uh, passed me right, like right as the stage ended. So dropping back to fourth. So I was kind of upset that they were able to catch me. But now I found out, you know, at the end of stage two, I found out why they were able to catch me. And that, you know, it kind of pissed me off that, you know, that simple mistake of me overdriving turn one. I think Nick kind of got, I think he drove in the corner a little bit harder and Arrow pushed me in the middle, center of the corner. And uh, Arrow push sucks and uh, kind of just kept pushing me up in the uh, out of the corner there. Yeah, the the arrow definitely sucked all night. It didn't matter fresh tires or long run. Just if you're behind somebody, you were gonna push. It it just it really did not matter. And um, I I really don't know what else to say. You know about the race other than uh, I don't know. It just it it, it kind of sucked. Like I felt like I was running well and. I miscalculated. I thought we were only going to pit once in the final stage, and we had to pit two times, and that kind of screwed me over. So, yeah, we were in our chat. We we're like, he took another set of tires. 
He took another set of tires. He took another day's done. He is yeah, done. <laughs> yeah, yeah. When Dalton came in so early in the final stage, I was like, I did something wrong. I don't know what it was, but I, I definitely did something wrong. I don't, I don't know what it is. And then like five laps later, I'm like, I know what I did wrong. Crap. <laughs> I thought he did something wrong by coming in there early, but. He did something I, right. Something right. <laughs> I thought I thought the same thing at the beginning. I was like, "Why is he coming in so early?" And all of a sudden, I'm like, well, "Damn, he's way ahead, and he's he's got the advantage." I, I don't know what else to say about him. Yeah. So you know, I ran the tank basically dry there at the end of stage two, um, and I came in, grabbed four set of tires and fuel, and. uh that was my plan, so I would have fresh set of tires going into stage two. I was hoping not to get lapped down, but I was able to and to get the lucky dog, I think, to go or wave around one or two and get back on the lead lap there. But I knew I was going to be the one of the first people pitting because of that. And then, you know, I'm in a team chat. It's like, yeah, I'm probably be the first person pitting. And Dalton's like, no, buddy, I'm already done. I was like, holy crap, why are you pitting so early? Yeah, he kind of got either. He got everybody there, to be honest with you. I didn't think it would work out. I didn't think the the cycle of tires of what he was doing was going to work out in his favor because we were still kind of midway through our tires and uh, for the tire run there. I mean, we were only run sixty five percent fuel, or no, sixty percent fuel there, and he came in like you know twenty thirty percent of the way through the run, if not made, probably at the latest forty percent of the way. So I was like, he just wasted a set of tires uh, to do that. Yeah, when I came, uh, when we went to the final stage, I was like, "All right, I need to make it to this lap and this lap, and I'll be good on tires." But when Dalton came in super early, I was like, "He definitely saved the set, and he's gonna just destroy everybody, and we're all screwed. He's gonna win." And I saw Cosy saving fuel too, and I was like, "It might be close. I don't know what's gonna go on with uh, P one and P 2 I know I'm out, and I know qu- quite a few other people are out, but. I, I was looking at their strategies. I knew I messed up, and I was like, that's going to come down to them, too. So, Yeah, I saw Charles. Like, I'm riding behind Charles, uh, like, under stage and cautions, and he's, his rear end looks like a crumpled-up beer can in the corner, and he's outrunning me. I was like, this is the dumbest thing ever. Why is he outrunning me? I barely had any damage. I fixed it, and everybody's leaving me. And, uh, you know... Uh, so it was kind of, you know, heartbreaking to put in so much work to, you know, have that little bit of damage that the iRacing model just said, screw it, you're you're done. Yeah, I hear you on that. I think it was maybe a year ago. I got hit on the uh, right rear quarter panel, gave me 10 seconds, 15 seconds of damage, and I was down like 300 RPM, and I just that was out of a race. Unbelievable. I, I don't know. They, they need to fix a few things, but it's going to go in through deaf ears so whatever yeah, man. i'm looking forward to kansas i i last week you know i like turns three and four at texas but kansas is you know more of a wide open upper upper groove somewhat track with that bottom dive slash slide slide job you know and i i like the fastness of kansas so i i'm looking forward to it I wish I could agree with you, but like I said, I'm just not a fan of mile and a half tracks. I'm just, I, I can't. I'm, I'm more of a unique track. Like, give me a flat track. Give me something that's different. 
that's where I excel. I, I just I, I can't do Charlotte, Atlanta, Texas. It just I, I can't. I, I try. Like I'll, I'll do my best on it, but I feel like just other people excel on it more than I do. I, uh, as far as a unique track, I feel like I'm better on something that's different. You know. And that's where I'm opposite. I, I, I like Phoenix. Like we have Phoenix as the you know finishing. So I'm like. I'd be so thrilled to get in the top four, but that that spot is completely wasted on me. I think it'd be like an honor to be in that fourth spot or whatever if I could make it in the top four, but me being a winner at Phoenix will never happen. Like unless it's like three other mentally challenged drivers out there. So, you know, maybe well, like I, Nick, if Nick I, was out there. I, I mean, don't, don't forget what happened at Phoenix early this year. There was a lot of top contenders that, couldn't finish and they spun out they just they made oh, mistakes I, well i understand i, that. I, I, I mean just straight I mean, up though I, if it was a straight up racing uh say it's like you know causey's already locked in you're close to being locked in you know if it's maybe nicholas weatherby or you know charles Urich and me what something like that that you know throws it in there or cody mckinney and me or something like that you know uh it, it's going to be wasted. Um, if it's just a straight up, you know, the way these races have gone, not many people have made any mistakes. It's not a road course. So uh, it, it, the mistakes that are going to be at Phoenix is little to none, so to speak. I mean, there, there's always that risk of uh, running a little bit too hard out of turn one, but that's about it. Yeah, I mean, it's it's been a crazy year. Anything can happen. Uh, last year was pretty much black and white uh, uh we knew what was gonna happen week to week it was uh me and jim Ott and a handful of other drivers uh but you know it was anybody's game but this year it just seems like it's gonna come down to who can be perfect from start to finish and i feel like that's who's gonna determine the champion this year and sadly that you know that kind of falls in the wheelhouse of joseph Causey. i mean uh, the, the amount of staggering wins that he's accumulated all this whole entire year. I mean, it just, you know, the consistency has been there for him. And no matter if it's a track that he said he's horribly or awful at, he's comes back and was like, oh, yeah, I got to win there. Yeah, and at the same time, I'm like, do I want to talk a little trash? Do I not? I mean, he he's good. Don't get me wrong. Yeah. At the same time, it's like he's kind of falling off a little bit. I don't want to take anything away from him. He, he He's great. He's a great driver, but he's a little bit off lately. But he's still there at the end. He might not be there oh, ab- absolutely. At, the, at the middle, but, I mean, he's throwing out their strategy of trying to figure out how to run the race, And but he's there at the end. Like last week, he wasn't running up front uh, hardly at all on uh, Texas, but where did he finish? And because Dalton is just, you know, phenomenal with his strategy and he's, he's pretty fast guy as well. That's true. But how many weeks are we going to go back where it's like, are you just going to go off strategy there? Or are you just, are you off? Are you good? Or are you just, you off? Are you depending on your teammates that are no longer here? What's going on? Like I said, I'm not taking away anything away from him. He's a great driver. Just, Okay. I'm just saying. I'm just saying he's a little bit off lately. 
Well, I mean, but at the same time, he doesn't have to be on. This dude didn't even have to show. He just had to start and park these three weeks, and he would have been locked in no matter what. I, me being six points underneath the cut off, cut line going into Texas, I could have won every stage in the race uh, going forward, and I would probably still get the same amount of points or still be trailing him going into Final Four. <laughs> oh, dude, it, it is cutthroat right now for the Final Four. I mean, I thought Cliver like pretty much did a flawless race and he's still below the cut line. Uh, Carino had uh, some bad luck there on the, uh, the initial caution or the lack of there and whether it be, uh, I don't know what happened with him. I don't know if he sped on pit road or whatever happened on the no, pit so cycles. He, uh, he, his, his crew didn't change his tires. Oh, okay. Well, so he, that pulled is, in, fuel, he pulled in, got fuel and drove off and then had to do it, come back around and uh ended up yeah i just I, I didn't know what happened there i just i saw him like outside of top 10 i was like all right so cliver's like up here i knew he was like minus six or something i thought he was gonna be above the cut line i look at the point stands afterwards and i'm like well crap all right like that's just the way it is you know it's we have a minimal field right now uh we don't have uh too many competitors just Pretty much everybody is competing for the title and a couple other guys, and it's going to be cutthroat from here on to, I guess, on to Phoenix. But you know, really, the next two weeks to be cutthroat. Yeah, I think that I think that that really throws into the the fact of how this league is coming down to. We're getting about 12, 13 people who showed up. We got eight people. There's no spacing out for the points. You know, everybody's getting points, and it's like, how do I maximize those points? There's only a few people let you know will go in there. You got Nick Goble, you got Dalton Tucker, Miz when he shows up here and there, you know. So you only have a handful, of, you know, not even a handful. You just barely amount a few people that are not in the chase. I think I forgot Harvey's there now. So you know, uh, and Joey, and uh, so you got you know basically a handful now with those names. Um, but they're the only ones that kind of are thrown in the mix. If we still had you know a twenty thirty car field, you know it would make this, you know, these points racing a little bit, I wouldn't say easier, but I think it, you know, it would be a little bit more spread out than where it is now. But right now it's like basically every position, every spot at every stage and finishes, you know, is monumental. Yeah. It's definitely a shame that we can't get more, uh, more guys in here towards uh playoff season. Uh, I've been, trying to talk to uh, Cody and Randy, you know, we got some other stuff going, going on behind the scenes. Uh, probably, you know, best of the rest payoff or, you know, some sort of, uh, some sort of incentive to stick around the entire season when playoffs hit. Like if you're out, you know, stick around, you know, we're going to give you something, you know, whether it's your entry fee or, you know, a prize, something. So, uh, there's a lot of things that's going to go on, um, during the off season between now and February that we're, we're talking over and trying to figure out just to get guys to stick around, you know, so, just so there's not, you know, 10 to 15 guys at the end of the year. Gotcha. All right. So coming to the end of the segment here, who do you think will have the best chance of winning at Kansas? Uh, I mean, if Dalton shows up, I got to go Dalton. I mean, 
<laughs> if I was a betting man, it's got to be Dalton because he's had a handful of starts and he's won a handful of those starts. Um, other than that, in the truck series, I came close last year in the truck series for IVRL. Um, but, you know, it causes he's the top guy to beat. So can't argue with that. I got so Yeah, I, I think it might be Cody's time to shine. Like, it, Cody's been up there battling nonstop. But, you know, he just has not got that finish. And I think Cody, Cody's fighting for everything he has now to stay in that top four uh, position. I think uh, he's going to pull out uh, a miraculous win on Tuesday night. He's probably going to wreck me to do it. Well, I mean, you, you never know. I mean, Cody's a competitor, so he's pulled stuff out of his, uh, you know what? So we'll, we'll see. Um, <laughs> if, any's, if anybody's going to do it, it's going to be him. Yeah, and yes, I did. I just gave you the commentator's curse. Suck it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Well. I know, I know Josh has been silent. He doesn't really watch IBRL too I, I, much. so it, I, It's more I've also been dealing with the cat that won't shut up. Yeah. Yes, yes. It's very strategic. I, I can't... It doesn't matter if I if I try to give the commentator's curse to Kazi because he is already locked into the chase. So there's no point of doing that. I have to do it to a competitor that, I, you know, has a is still racing to get in there. So, yeah. Cody, you're going to win, bud. You got two thumbs up. You got this. Let's see. Let's get the McKinney Racing uh, team in there. All right, man. Well, hey, man. We appreciate you coming out tonight and being here on the podcast. Uh, we really appreciate it, man. Yeah, I appreciate you having me. All righty. Have a good night. You too, man. All righty. Well, that was our IVRL guest. Um, I'm looking forward to Kansas. Uh, and what I like is there's actually AI. AI race there, you know, you can actually do that. Texas, they still have not been able to get AI racing there done yet. So it's hard to practice because I don't want to feel like filling up a server for myself. And uh, I mean, you also have to look at it this way that no one really wants to run Texas. Yes. I, the old Texas one and two was awesome. This new Texas is like, no, nah. three and four is fun. Yeah. Three and four is generally flat out, but no, Texas, I, I don't like. Texas. I like I like the AOL uh, setup they had. I mean, it wasn't flat out. It's not flat out there. It's loose uh, now. So you know, I went out there and did some qualifying laps last night, and uh, the rear wants to step out. You can't just go flat out. You got to kind of burp it going into turn three. So uh, if you want to hook the bottom line, if you want to run a little bit higher, you you can run, still run flat out there. But if you want the quickest line, which is around that white line you gotta actually kind of you gotta manipulate the throttle a little bit going into turn three to hook the bottom uh, i from what i've heard it's a good setup but i'm afraid of it a little from what you just described i, I, th I, th I think it you know people have to have that that patience on the first two three laps i think it settles in right after that uh, and provides a really good balance over the long run. I mean, you know, so, but uh, it, it, you know, whenever the setup feels right at the beginning, it doesn't feel right at the end. So hopefully this gives a, 
you know, a lot longer of a balance throughout the whole run. So we're, we're waiting on our next guest. He just sent me a message. I don't think I'm in the right place in discord. I just see him. Yeah. He, I, he's not in the waiting room, but he's well, here. He can't see it because he's not a, not, not a self-described podcast guest. Let's see. We're just bringing him on. All right, let's. I can't. Okay, there we go. I grabbed him four times, and the fourth time I was able to actually pull him in. Hey, Brandon. Hey, what's up? All right. Evening, good sir. So, our podcast guest tonight is going to be Brandon Bernhardt from the AOLL. So, we're going to have him on. I think he's going to be a great guest. He is running for the season champion. And every league, so that's why we wanted to bring him on the night. Get his, you know, pick his brain for TNT Sportsman and Cup Series. We aren't going to talk TNT? What? The fact that he just <laughs> literally ran away with it last night? Yeah, so... You weren't there, so... Well, I, I'll i be back after this week. <laughs> the, the time off that I was taking for concussion protocol, I felt no different. So you know what? I'm back. <laughs> oh man so let's talk about last night man so you know what was your first impressions when you got out on the track for the first time there at auto club and that wonderful arca car um i was pretty nervous because i uh you know first few laps i tried to use that bottom and i just i couldn't make it work i couldn't get down there and be quick and not you know lose it so I was pretty nervous because um, I could I could work the top and the medium lanes pretty well. Um, I was afraid that it was going to be a, a bottom heavy track and it was going to be uh, be a rough night. But um, I started running the top more and more, and I started getting you know quicker lap times and had the quickest lap time until John uh, beat it at the end of practice. So it kind of seemed like the the top side was going to be preferred lane um, at least early on. You know I didn't get a long run in. I kept putting it in the wall. So uh, I didn't get a little long run in, so I didn't know how I was going to act in traffic and then in the long run. But uh, thankfully, the, the top side was preferred night the whole night. I got you, man. Yeah, I you know, after I got done with my IBRL race, uh, I hopped into the TNT practice on Tuesday night because I love Auto Club. And then, you know, the ARCA car is a wonderful car to kind of throw around a little bit. So I hopped in there and, you know, I think Dave was in there practicing. So uh, I went out there and I ran a couple of laps and then tried to figure out the settings because I haven't ran an ARCA car in forever. And uh, so I figured out the settings and came out there and, uh, dude, I loved it. It was fun to be able to rip the, the high side and flirting with disaster, both with on the throttle response of uh, the car wanting to come around and then also flirting with the wall on the outside. It was, uh, you know, trying to find that fine line of, uh, you know, disaster versus success on a fast lap. Yeah, it was a it was a lot of fun. The Arca car is a lot of fun at a lot of tracks, uh, especially the intermediates. Um, and last night you could you could get in the top, and I would get it off of it a little earlier than about mid turn or before you could just get on the throttle and it like rotate for you. It was really really nice. You don't get that a lot of times in the Cup car or even the truck really. No, that's one of the things I've actually loved about the Arca car is unlike those, it. The setup feels tight, but it has just enough power to where you can break the back end loose if you're brave. Yeah, and it's a lot of fun. I love that. Yeah, 
That's what I'm hoping the Texas setup's kind of like that on Sunday for the Cup Series. From what I've heard, it is. Yeah. A little bit I practiced with it when we were trying to find a, a decent setup because the I've heard from multiple drivers that the, the stock setup was pretty crappy, super tight. So we needed to really want to work on getting a better setup out there, and I think we did. Um, hopefully it's not too loose, but it, in the practice it felt pretty good. Yeah, I mean, uh, you know, the Arca car set up, you know, last for Thursday night, last night. Yeah, there we go. I think about days <laughs> here, man. <laughs> uh, but yeah, it, it it was loose as a goose to start off with, and uh, man, it was, but it was also fast. You know, I, I felt like I was on the edge, and I, I wanted I wanted more speed at the same time. You know, uh, running up there, and uh, I was trying to help Dave out there. Um, he to me, he just didn't want to let loose. He want to still kind of want to be reserved i try to ride behind him give him a little bit of bump like let's go man we get we got to put the foot to the throttle here this is how you gotta run this track but uh he had to find i think he had to uh, go back and recalibrate a lot of his uh, actual steering settings uh but uh trying to get a different offset and everything to work for him to find that that balance to control that car because you know that steering ratio is it plays a huge thing in that car because that car you know, it's either going to be like tight or sloppy, you know, depending on what track you're at. So, you know, I'm trying to help him out last or on Tuesday night. It was kind of fun to be, be there and doing that. Uh, it's a, uh, the first thing I'd check is the steering ratio every time I get into practice. Um, I think last night default was 10 to one, which is crazy. Um, I bumped up to 14 to one right away. And that's why I ran with the whole race. I think uh, John ran 14 to one and ZD was going to try 16 to one and didn't get the shot to, but yeah, on the intermediates, uh, I usually run 14 to one, maybe 16 to one, depending on the car and the track. Um, but um, that's something last year I didn't do. Like I would run 10 to one or whatever the stock was that mess of that. Um, and that's been huge on the intermediates with tire saving. You know, 14 to one, uh, you're not turning it as much, or you can be smoother with it basically than the 10 to one. It's helped a lot. The only person that basically runs 16 to one, unless it's a short track. I, I do yeah. 90% of the time I uh, run 16 to one, depending on uh, how it feels. If I feel like it's got a dead zone in the center of the corner, center, center of the steering wheels, I'm doing it. If there's like a little bit of play, then I'll drop it back down to 14 to one. But, you know, I definitely, I even, uh, for Michigan on Wednesday night, I broke out the 15 inch wheel and went to 16 to one. So it was a gigantic wheel. And uh, was able to uh, run at sixteen to one. It was a uh, butterly smooth up there. Uh, intermediates, I usually run fourteen, sometimes sixteen. Um, super speedways again, the fourteen, sixteen range, and then short tracks run about ten. Um, that's what I found more comfortable. I know I talked to like Michael Stroll, and he's completely different than mine. Um, so it's just it's really driver preference, but that's what I've I've found to to work really well. Basically, for me, if I'm turning the wheel to pass 90 degrees on a standard run, that's when I start going to the lower ratios. Other than that, nope, 16. <laughs> I'm weird. I, I know I am because I'm the only one on my team that does it that way. But Yeah, works. I mean, it's all driver preference on how, how well you can do it. I mean, there's still people who can drive a lower ratio steering wheel and still manage to save the tires and stuff. So, I mean, it's, you know, it's a fine balance of how, how to set up a car and uh, how well you drive that car. And that's, uh, you know, it's another thing. You're off the throttle more than other person and able to manipulate it, the throttle to get back on. And, and then the ARCA car, you know, like you said, 
it is great for that because you can help turn the car. You're able to set the car down with getting the off the throttle there. So, I mean, there are a lot of different ways that throttle really plays a big deal more than braking or steering does in the Arca car. Yeah. Yeah. I really enjoy the Arca car. Um, when I first, we first ran it last year for sportsman before we switched to trucks, I was terrible. Um, so I was a little nervous when we went to the TNT and Arca car, but, uh, Really enjoyed it um, so far. Tell us what car you would rather be driving uh, in the Sportsman's or in the uh, TNT series. <laughs> uh, yeah, I don't know. I mean, the Arca car is a lot of fun. You learn a lot from it. Um, but, you know, the big big stock cars get a little old. Um, I'd like to see the Super Late model. Um, those are... I fought so hard trying to get the modifieds for the intermediate season in the TNT but I was told no because everybody would want to run it. <laughs> yeah, the you know, I, aren't wrong because yeah, I, I love that car. I enjoy the Xfinity car, you know, as the the NASCAR cars. I mean, I like truck too, but there's just something about the super late and then the tour mod that I just, you know, I'm a really really big fan of. Yeah, you. they're just raw horsepower attached to a tube frame. One of them. I think they sound work. sweet. I think they sound sweet too. I like the way the super late for sure sounds. I mean, and also I, I think getting out of the the mindset of the same cars, I I, I like the ideas of, of what they were going to do. I think they were going to do, you know, legends and street stock and then Arca. So you have a ba fine balance of, you know, getting used to different car craft. And when they took away, uh, you know, the street stock due to the craziness of iRacing of, uh, you know, uh, updating and destroying the car, uh, basically, you know, I, I was hoping that they would kind of go to something other than, you know, the Arca car for the set, you know, the second season this year, I was hoping they would, uh, switch over to something drastically different, but in the same world, you know? So, yeah, but you know, I, maybe that'll be, I, I just look at it as I've absolutely loved the Arca car because I'll admit I'm, I'm not a fan of the truck. I have not. I, I'm only now, after having run it for over a year every week, I'm only now figuring it out. I might be the only person I've heard that doesn't like the truck. I actually I like the truck out of the top three series. I The cup car is my second, and Xfinity is at the bottom for me. Yeah, I like I like the truck because it's different. You know, it's it's more user-friendly. Um, the cup car, I feel like it just sucks at most tracks, you know, especially the new drafting packages. It ruined the super speedways, and then there's a lot of tracks that's just boring. Like Michigan, we're wide open pretty much the entire time. That's just, it's not fun. Um, the Xfinity car, I think it's it's the hardest to drive. You really have to, to drive that thing. And I've really learned that running fuel. Uh, it's kicked my ass. Um, so I enjoy it for that aspect, but I, there's something about the truck that I, I, I love running. It wasn't until we started using the uh, different setups because I always had issues because every single stock setup from iRacing was so tight that it just made it not fun for me because that does not match my driving style. Yeah, yeah, definitely. It always feels, you know, every time, especially the cup car, every time we go in, it's super tight. So, yeah, I'm glad we've we started switching to run different setups, uh, you know, more neutral even. You know, I prefer a looser setup, but if we can get more neutral than the, the tight crap that iRacing gets us to run. 
Yeah, and we we appreciate you guys up there, uh, you know, spitting out these uh, different setups. I'm looking forward to really deep diving into the Texas setup and uh, try to figure out, you know, where where that one runs me at the end of a long run there for it. I've kind of I know what the iRacing stock setup is, so I mean, uh, hopefully it's going to be way better than that. Uh, you know, at, at the end of uh, a thirty lap run, 30, 30, 35, I forget what the fuel run fuel run is for that one. Uh, hopefully this setup's better. Uh, the little bit I helped Johnny test it, it was pretty good. Johnny usually the one that, that comes up with these setups or finds them. Uh, he's been doing a pretty good job here lately. Um, oh, sadly, it's not as good as the, as easy as the ARCA car. The ARCA car, the iRacing setup, I think we've been running, and it's been awesome. Uh, pretty much every track we've ran. Uh, it just doesn't seem like it translates with the cup car. I don't know. I don't know why. Um, but, yeah, Johnny's done a pretty good job, especially if you're late of finding really, really good setups for the cup car. Yeah, the only the one that I'm most annoyed with was the day that they released the new tire package for all of the stock cars for road. I was actually really happy he had threw me the mid Ohio setup and I made some modifications that I was super jazzed about and then the tire model update happened and completely <laughs> threw that out the window. Yeah. Um, I, but I, I like the fact that it kind of wears down just a little bit more. Whereas like before you like go out there and run most of the race and go in and it's like, Oh look, 92% of my front front's cool. That's not realistic at all. Yeah. But it's like skating to begin with rather than it basically having the cliff that it falls off after a few laps. Like it seems to do in real life. Yeah, the Roval on Sunday was loose as shit. That thing was, you basically were on ice track the entire time. But did you race the actual official uh, iRacing uh, Roval setup? Because I will tell you that that one is even more loose than what we ran. Because uh, I, you know, on Tuesdays in IVRL, I was, uh, every time I come on the bus stop, I would sit there and be in first gear. By the end of the run, I couldn't be in first gear anymore. I'd spin the tires, and then when I would shift in the second, I would spin the tires more. So I, I commend whoever made that, probably Johnny or Edwards. Uh, whoever made that setup was way better uh, on on a long run that you know was able to actually somewhat keep traction. So I valued the the grip that I did have on Sunday versus uh, Tuesday night. Until you put it in the wall. Yeah, until I until I, I, I locked up brakes with the commentator's curse just focusing on me for a little bit too long. I may have been hoping for that, Adam. Yeah, I bet you <laughs> did. I'm like, oh no, Adam had a mistake. Hander, oh look, there goes Hander by him. All right. But no, uh, it was just you didn't get any love. And you were doing well until <laughs> yes. that. I was, I was sitting in third spot at that point in time in my race until I decided to wheel hop it going into the bus stop and do a front straight dive into the outside wall. So that that was that was fun times. So up until that point, it was actually a, a fun race. And after that, I was just nursing the tires back all the way home because, yeah, I burned the tires up trying to turn around. <laughs> So I, I think the biggest to topic of conversation, because yes, the Roval was kind of boring, less a few, very, very uncharacteristic shunts that we got to see from certain people that will go unnamed. 
though I know one of them's out there in the comments and we've already talked about it, so I'm not <laughs> going to bring it up again. Uh, Wednesday at Michigan, it was like a hornet's nest every single lap around that track. So I, I didn't see the see the hornet's nest until probably like lap 40 to 50. I kept, every time a caution came out, which there was way too many cautions that, that came out in that race, uh, but every time it came out, like our whole entire team just shifted. All right, what can we do from here? If it goes green, what are we going to do? And we all started making more strategies. Well, if we do it, if we come in top off and we can make it an X, Y, Z, and we can do this, do we take tires? Do we save tires? You know, so it was like strategy call, I think all the way up until like, you know, in lap 50, 60, uh, we were all kind of, you know, playing like, all right, let's, you know, conserve, conserve. And maybe, you know, at the end we'll have something. And I think, you know, somewhere around lap 50 something, there was a caution that came out like, hey, if we pit now, we only have one more pit till the end. Let's do this. And that's when, that's at least when I is like, hey, let's, I, I'm time to go. Like, I want, I want to be in the hornet's nest. I want to go. Yeah, it was a lot of fun. You know, the, the pack racing pretty much the entire time was a lot of fun. But yeah, with all the caution and everything, our strategy as well, Endeavor changed multiple times. It was, it was a nightmare trying to figure out what the hell you're going to do with strategy. Then at the end, we had that late caution that just ruined everybody's strategy and just pretty much took them out the window. Um, but yeah, it was a lot of fun running in the packs like that um, whole race. Um, I was having a lot of fun until I decided I wanted to try to wreck Hanner and then Netco kind of took over there. But uh before that happened, I was having a lot of fun, too. We've got John out there saying that it was fun until ZD didn't see him. <laughs> was the, I, is that the two that were going through the grass? Right yes, I, got I had there. a front yeah. row seat to that, and I was just like, wait, John's not blinking right now. What is he doing? <laughs> and then I watched them go and was like, oh, that's... Yeah, I don't want to be in your guys' chat I, for that one. <laughs> But don't worry, there was a caution that came out like literally right after that that I was involved in and they got destroyed. And you were able to, you know, recover from that 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 mistake right there going through the grass. So uh Yeah, that was, that was funny on team shower. I I was way behind it and all of a sudden I see two cars just go start going down the grass and like Blake uh Gordon from the his car he could see it because he was like you know, they were like running second and third or something like that. So he's like, what are you doing, ZD? And then all of a sudden, there's through the grass, and John's in the wall. I'm like, oh, well, <laughs> there with that. Yeah. yeah, but that was, like, indicative of the entire night that every time we would come across the stripe, I'm just like, I'm used to seeing, like, two, three wide going across this section. But it didn't see, there weren't lines. It was just everybody trying to find whatever space they could. Oh, yeah, dude. Like once once I finally got up there in the hornet's nest, I found out what lane not to be, and that's the very bottom on a three-wide situation. Yeah. I, I yeah. Just, every time, I, that was a losing battle on every every exit because you're at the lowest spot. You're not having somebody give you that draft down the back straight away or the front at all. So, like, everybody just left you out to dry. You had no men momentum. So, yeah. Um. So I found out what lane I didn't want to be put in ever again and then you know i i saw brandon try to get put there at the end and i was laughing in my head <laughs> he's not going anywhere yeah that was a terrible decision i lost lost a couple spots there and <laughs> really didn't rebound no but that was actually and we had justin throw out there that it was fun to see people who don't always run up at the front like we had 
Ross Gage leading a lap. Like, so many faces up at the front that I'm just like, did Dre really just tell me that Gage is leading the race? <laughs> yeah. And, uh, you know, I, you know, I, I was sitting there and seeing everybody kept going up there. And then I think I'm finally, after a pit stop, I moved up to fifth and we're like, all right, let's try this pit strategy. I was like, oh, it sucks giving up this spot, but maybe this pit strategy will work towards the end of the race. We'll only have to pit one more time. Whereas everybody else who didn't pit on this one, you know, they're still in saving tires mode and don't want to pit just yet. So we'll go in and take care of this. This leaves us with a one-stop race if we go to the green all the way to the end. And guess what? Three laps later, there goes that, and everybody can come in. And uh, now everybody else can, oh, yeah, I can pit here and make it all the way to the end with one more pit stop, you know? And then it destroyed, you know, you know, ever-evolving pit strategies. That was terrible. There were so many strategies that could have played out there if we could have stayed green. It's kind of disappointing. At the same time, I was relieved because... We have a tendency to lose on strategies, so <laughs> I only do well on strategy. <laughs> I, I tell you, I tell you, who was really, really happy about the way everything kind of turned out was uh, Justin Anderson. Justin, uh, you know, on the uh, very first pit stop, we went through or caution, we went through, uh, got fuel only, and then we came back one to go and topped off. Yeah, it rechecked his tires, and he went in and took a tire set at like lap three. So oh, he was he was already at a disadvantage. He's like, well, there goes my race. But uh, you know, the way the cautions fail, uh, being in that draft and having somebody in front of you, behind you, even on the older tires, yeah, you might give up a little bit in the corners, but you have people pushing you. He didn't fall back too terribly, so you know it kind of worked out for him until the end. Uh, I I don't know what happened with him. Uh, I know he was restarting up there in the very front at the end of the those last couple of cautions I, I don't know what how he got shuffled back to 10th on or 9th on uh <laughs> yeah whatever justin i wasn't gonna throw that one out there but, i wasn't gonna throw you under the bus because but, you know what hey, we don't hey, need to know that he was still beating me for most well, of the I'm race saying. like despite he, the fact that he, he still came so i am to... ahead of him in the points right now he I did come back through, there. and I mean, he still ran up front all night long, even though, like, he was down on a set of tires. He was able to be up there all night uh, and still battling up front. Um, so I commend him for being able to kind of do that as I sat in the back and was like, oh, I'm going to save tires. <laughs> so. And also, apparently, he had damage that he didn't know about at the end, and I saw it. Your rear was a little folded. Yeah, it was cockeyed to the top your, right. Yeah, I, I thought your teammates would have told you about that, but yeah, Brewster I'm not was your teammate, a, so I'm not going to tell you about Brewster that. Brewster was riding next to him. I was in the very, very back. I was like, it was like I squinted, could see a white truck. It's like, yeah, that's Justin way up there. <laughs> and somehow, despite that, Justin and I were the only two people to go away with zero X that entire I, race i don't know how i well, i did not i <laughs> i got turned and uh straight into wall and as i was coasting down pit road or or driving down pit road my engine decided to blow and i i drove into my pit stall at three miles an hour barely making it to it so i was just happy to uh get to my pit stall and use my last fast repair to get me back out on the track uh start oh, i doored so many people on accident just because how many times we took it three wide it was always just like oh 
I, I got to come in. The I, netcode gods were on our favor last night for that track, uh, for the yeah. amount of close racing that we did and the slicing and dicing. Yeah, the only echo that popped up was between me and Hanner. And, uh, <laughs> I, just, uh... I have no idea how we made it with so few netcode issues because it's a fast track and just about everybody had a little bit of an erratic line occasionally that, oh, Justin, they were on accident. None of those things were intentional. Uh, there was a few slide jobs go, being thrown around all night long and then uh, unintentional slide jobs where you weren't <laughs> sliding to clear somebody. You just slid and hit somebody. Uh, net code gods were kind of on our favor and they, they, they favored us a little bit. And, you know, you actually just kind of got like moved up the track and not just catapulted through the through the sky and launched off into space like Randy did on that one track. <laughs> But, uh, no, but it was one of those fun races that it was a little bit on the frustrating side just because of how many cautions there were. But it... And Josh is gone. <laughs> All righty. Uh, yeah, it was a frustrating race because of the cautions that were there. Uh, you know, uh, I, I, I was looking at the thing. We had nine cautions for the 80 laps. Last year when we ran Michigan, we only had, uh, I think we had seven cautions seven or seven or six caution for 10 fewer laps. So we, we did a little bit terrible, a little bit more terrible of a job there uh, this time. Um, but, you know, can't change it. We just got to move forward and uh, hopefully a wonderful Milwaukee mile we're going to next week will uh, be a little bit better at. Yeah. I don't think I've ever had a clean race at the Milwaukee mile ever. I think I've only raced yeah, there one time, so I got to put in some laps. Yeah, same. I don't even remember the track. Basically, think New Hampshire smaller. Oh, great. Yeah, that's gonna be yeah, that, I, that, that. That really plays into my strong suit of tracks of what I'm really, really talented at. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, it, it's it's one of those tracks that it's a great time, but. I don't like flat Isn't tracks. There, there's a, there's no. AI racing there, right? I don't know. I hope to God there is. I got to see how the AI races. They're going to put them at 150 or something and see how well they can drive around that track. <laughs> yeah, put it at 150 to where they've lapped you in three laps because yeah. they have grip hacks going. So we were talking, uh, Rooster put up a... Uh, was out there. He put up a AI race for Michigan. He's like, I'm gonna bump up the AI to 90. I was like, Well, good luck, dude. They're just gonna just pull away. They're just, they they're gonna have an extra 20 horsepower over you, if not more. And they're just gonna come off the corner. They're just gonna leave you going on the back straight away. So I I think they have though. I think they changed their AI model because at 64 percent, where I normally used to race them. They're sucking. Like uh, I was a at Michigan, I was able to pull like a three or four second gap after driving through the field, and uh, so I bumped it up to I think seventy six, seventy seven. So I think they revamped their AI learning skills and the, what they're actually doing. So you know, I, I try to make it a little bit more competitive. Of uh, especially like Michigan, I, I want them to run the same speed I'm running, so I can catch the draft and see what the tire wear is going to be like. I have such little experience with the AI racing that 
pretty much the only AI racing experience I had was my learning curve to not put them at like 90 originally. And then Brandon, me and Carl had <laughs> our Dega experience where they just did nothing but wreck oh, yeah, the you entire you, time. You don't, you, in AI, you leave cautions off and you throw, you throw cautions when you wreck. Oh. They're wrecking under caution. That's what I'm saying. You like, don't... They're fine during the race. <laughs> you don't ever do that because I've seen them. At, I think at Michigan they were they wrecked a couple times behind me, but I don't have a caution set. So uh, so like sucks to be you guys. Go in the pit and get get fixed and come back on track later. Yeah, but that's, that's the only experience stupid. I have with the AI. I, I you know anybody out there listening, go out and do AI races. I mean, you know you're you're not gonna throw yourself in any harm or danger like if you're doing official racing. And AI racing, you know, with like AOLL leagues, uh, you're able to put it at whatever fuel percentage you want. So like truck series, you can drop it down that 50% threshold. Uh, Cup series, you can put it at 65%. So uh, you can actually go out there and test like it is instead of actually having to put up a practice server to do it. No Milwaukee mile for you, sir. Damn it. But uh, other than that, you know, it's, it's you're able to do that. And you can put it down to AI of one car and still go out there if you just want to do solo practices. Or you can throw it up to, you know, 25, 30 cars and you kind of learn what, how to race a small track uh, in, uh, in traffic. So you can try to figure out how to maneuver without killing yourself or killing other people. And also set it up to where they avoid you. Yeah. It's not fun that way, though. Because nobody else is going to not avoid you in all these other leagues. For me, it's more entertaining to see watch them try to avoid you. And it became a little bit of a game for me to see what situations I could put them in to see what they would do to avoid me. <laughs> and more often than not, it's if you come up a little bit low but not give them enough space, they just slam themselves into the wall. And it's kind of funny. I tell you what, in the truck series uh, at Michigan... I had them basically look, I'm looking out my left window and their, their door is on my door. Go down the back straightaway in there. They will toss it in there. They they were not afraid to put that truck anywhere. So, uh, I commend the AI people who are writing these or making them better. Uh, cause they're able to run. I think we were running three to four wide there at Michigan and AI versus, you know, them just like, you know, all following one line going around. Now they, they were slicing and dicing and running three lines, uh, they would switch up to who they were drafting with. So it was pretty cool. All right. So we've talked a little bit about the Milwaukee mile, but I think we need some picks. Well, I hate to say it because, um, but he got a win this past week. So it doesn't hurt him if he gets another win now. I, I, Flat tracks, I think, really go in the well of uh, Mr. Blake Gordon. Um, can't deny it. So uh, I'm hoping, uh, you know, one of my teammates will come out there and spank him because I know it's not going to be me, but I think it's going to be Mr. Gordon that's going to get this uh, job done at a wonderful flat track. I can't argue that one, but I have a better pick than you. My turn? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, oh, I won't take Blake because I think I've taken him every single time uh, I've been on the podcast. So I'll take Blake to win Fuel Martinsville. Um, but for uh, the truck Milwaukee Mile, I think, uh, you know, he's quick and I think he's been, I think he won a couple weeks ago. Um, I'll take Justin. 
Um, he's always a safe pick. If you're not taking Blake, Justin's a, a solid pick to take. I think this is going to be, in my personal opinion, I think this is going to be the week that Mr. Sean Carmody gets the oval win. He shows up. He's got a good shot. Yeah, I'm hoping to see him there because I love having him out on, him out on track because, yeah, I he puts in far too many hours. He's way too good. The crazy yeah. thing is he puts in all these hours and like officials and stuff for the actual race that day. He'll hop into practice like 10 minutes, 5 minutes before the race starts, and then he'll learn the first half of the race, and then he's in the front somehow. Yeah, the, that's exactly it. Is He's just figured that portion out to where he just studies the lines of the people in front of him and somehow figures out the exact breaking point, and he's mastered it the next lap, and then he's around him. Yeah, I was looking forward to racing him on the Roval because I know, you know, he's pretty good on the road courses. So when it's, uh, I think... Uh, he was, we were racing around each other for a little bit before that uh, competition, or right after the competition caution. Uh, he was able to regroup because I think he made an early mistake, but that caution helped him get back up there. And uh, he was there with me. And, um, you know, I think I, I think right before the pit stop, I think I blew the the final bus stop and he took, took it over there and he just continued to drive. And when I short, or pitted with everybody else, and they went long. I went a little bit shorter, came back out. I was looking forward to it because he was driving back up to the field, but then I made my stupid wheel hops mistake, and, you know, he was long gone and went up there and uh, ultimately got second that night. It's insane. Both him and Blake uh, or ZD, it's it's insane. You know, they don't they didn't grow up watching racing. They, I don't, they maybe watch a little bit now, but they're on dirt bikes and stuff, and all of a sudden they, they hopped on iRacing, and, now they're, you know, Sean's got a win and a cup already, and you know ZD's run pretty good in, in TNT and getting his feet finally underneath him in the truck and cup car. But yeah, it's nuts to see how well they progressed um, with how much little knowledge they had of you know stock car racing and road racing even. Uh, but the amount of hours and races that Sean has put in is insane. I went on his iRacing racing like a month ago, and I couldn't believe how many races he's putting in already. I wish I had time. I have the time. Yeah, I, I have the time. I have the time, and most of the time, I'm like, "Well, do I want to go in there and get wrecked?" That's that's my fear. I just, I, I just don't want to go in and have a bad time. So, a lot of times, I I go into the the, the tracks I like to have fun with, and then all the other ones like, "No, I'm not going to do a robo official." No, nope, not at all. You know, no, that one's not going to be fun. Well, I don't mind the road officials because after the first half a lap, everybody's spread out. Will I do like an intermediate official? The mile and a half, so will you see me on Charlotte? Never. Oh, I love Charlotte. I'll do, I'll do that every day of the week. I'll oh, do a monster. The monsters at Roval was fu- is fantastic. I did that. Did one of those. Uh, it's been a while since I did that, but the monsters at the Roval's actually a pretty fun car. The three-hour endurance race that they did there, Carl and I actually split seat time on that. It was fun, but I was glad that I was not the first one in the seat. Oh, yeah. It's what I was glad that when we did our 24-hour Daytona, we're like, all right, Blake, you're up first, bud. Have a good one. (laughs) 
you know, he, he was able to go out there and set the pole and get out there and run a whole bunch of laps. And I think I came in, I was like fifth or sixth to drive. And I was like, maybe everything kind of settled down and everybody's kind of like find their pace at that point in time, whatever. By the time I go in there and drive. I just didn't want to wreck the thing. That's my only goal. <laughs> that was me. I tapped somebody. That was, that was my wrecked, job. I, I kind of wrecked somebody, I believe. They were, uh, I drove down to the inside of, uh, I don't remember the I don't remember the the turn number, but it's the the hard right after the first one. So you go through the little chicane and then you make that kind of loop around to the right. Yeah, I was an LMP and they were like in a Porsche or something. I drove drove underneath them and they they doored me and I, I you know me being underneath them and you know he was really pissed off at me. I'm like I'm an LMP. You're in like this little slow car. Leave me alone. Like <laughs> yeah, and you were also the one that got the tip going into the bus stop, weren't you? can't remember or not i might have and then i i was also the one where it didn't fuel my tank so yeah it was because of that bus stop incident because i had to come back in that's what it was you know if it wasn't if they would have filled my actual tank up whenever i went into pit road i wouldn't have been in that issue but me having to be to go back in because like oh you're gonna run out and like a lap i'm like oh thanks bud you're awesome <laughs> yeah i i want to do that again we oh. learned it's the second time it's been brought up tonight. Oh, I know. And I, I can't wait for it. I, I'm, I'm hoping to build, you know, this time I only have maybe four, maybe five person team uh, for the 24. Uh, and I maybe have a whole bunch of people and maybe we'll, you know, having three to four teams or something like that. will actually uh, and everybody end up in the same split to where maybe half two. of it. Yeah. yeah. You know, let's well, say can probably feel like seven different teams. So, they have a good shot. They can probably have a whole server themselves. Yeah, and we'll all have the same painted car, too. So just throw everybody <laughs> off. He's passing me again? <laughs> <laughs> That'd be awesome. That would be fantastic. You have, like, four teams of your own team with all the same paint. Team paint car, just go buy them. Oh, man. Is it sad that I'm looking forward to that? And the other thing I'm looking forward to is the... Uh, snowball yeah it is go ahead Nate. while you're here man go ahead and pitch the snowball there you go that's a good transition thanks Josh. that's what i was hoping to do <laughs> yeah thanks um yeah we put a post up uh, last week i believe now um about the the super late model derby uh, endeavor racing's putting on um it'll be you know at five flag speedway um on december 5th i believe is the date um 300 laps come cautions at one and 200 um should be a lot of fun. We're hoping to get 36, at least 36 drivers up. That's the field size. Um, be cool to get more. You know, have an LCQ. Um, right now we're up to 20, 21 drivers that are registered. Which so, um, before the post we had eight, so it jumped from eight to 22, um, or 21, whatever. So that was pretty cool to see. Um, we got some money backing in now, so we got. I think at post we had like 100 for the winner, potentially 150 for the winner and a bunch of contingency awards. And since that post, I think we've had almost $200 added um, from sponsors and drivers donating. Um, so it should be a lot of fun. Um, hope to see everybody out and fuel, all fuel and AOL drivers are, are uh, able to join. Um, we have a bunch of AOL right now. I think we only have two fuel drivers. So hoping to get a couple more of them, trying to get the two we have uh, to convince their teammates to join the the bad thing is i think the two that are joined are on the same team so um <laughs> see more of them push. show up yeah 
to see more of them show up. Um, they're gonna be super quick, so it'd be cool to see them there. Um, guess yeah, what? It should be a really fun time. There is AI racing for flat five flags with the SLM uh, cars. I've already done it. It's a uh, uh, the the cars a handful, but it's also a blast uh, to be able to sling it around there. I, I can't wait for it. Anything yeah, the SLM is a great time. I've only ran some practice laps there. Blake's run uh, some AI stuff there, and he says it's a bunch of fun. So uh, uh, come out. It's free to enter. Uh, we do have a five-dollar uh, optional one that, if you decide to pay the five bucks um, at the end of the race, everybody that's paid the five bucks will go into a pool, and then BFM, who's broadcasting it, will do a randomized number, and uh, whoever gets it or a randomized name, and whoever gets it gets the whole the whole pot there. Uh, so if we get like 40 drivers, it's some good. It's a good number. So 200 bucks. So we're hoping, hoping to get a good car count. Um, should be a lot of fun. I was gonna say even with 22 at Five Flags, that's a lot of people. And, yeah, yeah. But yeah, if we can get a full field, that's gonna be an. Well, it's gonna be a blast no matter what. Yeah, I mean that's yeah. gonna make qualifying a, you know, paramount. Uh, so you can uh, not have to work your way through the field, but those cars, you know, you you can beat and bang if Netco gods are on our favor that night, and uh, be able to power your way back to the front. We, you know, we really like the super late models, so we're we're trying to find something to do, uh, some fun race, but actually get you know guys involved. Um, so with the the free entry and the money backing, we're hoping to get it, and so far it's working. Um, so should be a lot of fun. I'm really looking forward to it. I gotcha. So, I, I, I'm again modifieds SLMs. I'm in <laughs> anything with those. It, honestly, I love the smaller cars. I, I'm gonna need like some type of uh, one of those awards made for the retarded people at those short tracks because that's what I want to win. So <laughs> that's the only thing I could win if we create one of those. I don't. I don't hey, have the speed. CCR, CCR is offering the contingency for the least incident points. That's not me. Okay. Well, let's <laughs> find something else. Basically, <laughs> just the most incident well, points. Well, the, the, can I start and park it and get zero incidents and still <laughs> win that that pot of money? No. Damn it. Because Adam, I will make sure that they just boot you from the surfer. <laughs> oh, like you try to disqualify me after my win to give it to Brandon. <laughs> we tried didn't work but uh so i you know as much as crap we give texas i'm actually looking forward to this sunday's race uh you know i i think the setup that's going to be able to you know kind of play in the hands to make the car a little bit faster and uh, a little bit more racier at the beginning um I just wish you know we had a different aero package. I I don't like the aero package that Texas brings. So you know, that once you draft up behind somebody, you can't make that pass. Really, it's very hard uh, to do that. So that's that's my only negative I think about Texas this this coming Sunday. Yeah, you know that it was just two of us in the the test session, but that was one thing we kind of focused on with the setup. It's multi lane. Um, you know, Johnny in the setup or in the test was able to run the bottom pretty well. And I was running that mid high line. So hoping, you know, both lines or all three lines being viable, um, that it'll open up the passing a little bit more, even with the, the bad arrow. 
Yeah, I think, you know, we didn't get to see it too much on Sunday or on Tuesday because, uh, you know, it was uh, not that big of a field and then we all got spread out really quickly. Um, but, you know, more of a pack racing style. So maybe that will kind of help it out and give a little bit more of a field of to kind of make it a little bit racier and having multi-grooves work. Because I think in three and four, if you had somebody really – you know, two or three cars on that upper groove working with you, you're able to keep that momentum and make it work with you. But just strut being a, you know, single guy out there with three cars on the bottom, you're just going to get freight trained. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I'm hoping for a good race. It should be better than the iRacing stock setup using. So it's going to be a plus there just uh, for a clean race. And we can maybe go caution free for a while. Oh, somebody decides to show up with 15 minutes left. Awesome. <laughs> Out there yeah, Randy's the always welcome, whether it's early or late. He said, "Living the rock star life, can't make it on time." Shh. He said, oh, "A little never. bit late." This is more than a little <laughs> bit late. <laughs> yeah. Hey, yeah, I'm sorry. Yes, you are. I have a trip planned tomorrow, so I had to get some stuff done prior. So. Oh, you're fine. You you joined right as I was going to grab are, another are, beverage because I ran out of Gatorade. Are, are you are you coming to visit me in Texas too? Am I getting another <laughs> surprise? Why, <Well, I> <laughs> just because the white? Yeah. So uh, we're sure, we're sharing uh, sharing a three way this week. <laughs> I, I, I got a spare bedroom up there, man. Nobody uses it. Oh no, no, I'm sleeping it's with a, both of y'all. It's a futon, man. It's cool. It's Crystal will enjoy it. Trust me. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, Brandon, what's up, man? Uh, not much. Good to see you. You too. So uh, you uh, you had a good good race this week? Or no? He won last night. Well, last was, night was, was pretty a, good. It was a terrible race for him last night. He doesn't want to talk about <laughs> that one. <laughs> yeah, last night was pretty good. Wednesday wasn't as fun. Yeah. I You know, I... This week, I had, I had too much stuff going on. The only thing I've done is the IVRL, and that's it. I... You know, Wednesday night went out to a Halloween Horror Nights, and uh, last night, what happened to me last night? You were at a gig again, I think, last night. Yes, I had something. I, I, my life goes. No, no, I was getting ready for this garage sale I had this morning. So you gave up broadcasting with me for a garage sale. <laughs> a garage Dude, I was sale. making. I a was making some real, A garage sale because I was the only one running the garage sale today. It was just me, myself, and I out there dealing with this people. Should have canceled it then. <laughs> but it, it, but it worked like out great. I feel like a Daytona garage sale would be amazing to be at. It's during Biketoberfest, too. So all we have these bikers running all around in, in sweaty leather. And, uh, you know, they all, you know, the chicks wear these half shirts and they're all, they all weigh about, you know, 250, 275, and they got a half shirt on. So uh, you got to commend their confidence in that, though. <laughs> yeah, but I just, can only imagine the smell it, of the leather. It would be like wear. Brandon putting on a half shirt and a pair of <laughs> uh, like uh, <laughs> those little blue jean shorts. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> no one Daisy that. Dukes. <laughs> That's pretty much what I see. <laughs> but isn't That's sorry that for you, then. just standard Daytona though? <laughs> It's just Daytona, period. It's just Daytona. It's you're either extremely fat and you wear the wrong clothes, 
or you're extremely skinny because you're doing meth or coke all day long <laughs> or crank or something. That's just that's Daytona. People live people move from wherever, you know, up north for two things. One, because they get kicked out of their house, they have nowhere else to go because they're all strung out in drugs. Or two, they're a biker and they say, Man, this thing this place seems like it's really cool. So we're gonna move to Daytona and just uh take over and we're just gonna be bikers forever. Well, you can ride year long. You can't do that in northeast Ohio. No, you can't. That's very true. But we also don't have hurricanes, so Exactly. I'll take yeah. my bl- occasional blizzard. <laughs> Justin asked, does the girls have hair like Brandon up there as well? Some. The girl, you know, actually, I was just in Walmart. My wife took me had, had to take me to Walmart. So we went to Walmart, and they either kind of looked like, you know, Brandon, you know. This girl had a, uh, like, a bustier top on with a pair of short shorts where they're Hair colored kind of like mine, but five different colors and kind of a beard type thing going on her face. <laughs> and you're and like, her... you're revving my engine, baby. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> she... <laughs> I was like, okay, dude, you know, and he was with this, with that, whatever. And then there's another girl in there with her so-called service dog dragging the dog through Walmart. The dog doesn't want to be with her. <laughs> and she, she's about this big around. Yeah. <laughs> oh. My my daughter, I tell you what, my daughter would, my daughter can't stand people that have uh, so-called service dogs. You know, what a, so, you know, a service dog has to perform a task. If you see somebody walking into a store or, or some kind of event and they're holding their dog like this, and they say service dog on them, they're not a service dog. They're an emotional support dog. Different dog. Totally different thing. One is regulated, and the one is not. So <laughs> One's actually I, I supposed spend, to do something for you. One just provides you comfort. Yeah, I and that's... an entire flight from Cleveland to Seattle next to a woman that had a emotional support cat on the flight. Yep. <laughs> it was the most obnoxious thing I have ever ever experienced in my life i actually saw something with an emotional support ferret (laughs) at least they're original (laughs) (laughs) oh man i think the only time i've ever been to a bike week at daytona was by accident we were uh, visiting disney world in uh, october and dad's like hey let's go let's go over to daytona and see you know see daytona so we get there and like you know, it's like, holy crap, it's bike week. We chose the wrong week to show up here. <laughs> Actually, uh, any any week is the wrong week. <laughs> I mean, hey, we're going to see, you know, go go see Daytona Speedway. So, I mean, you know, at least at least we're doing something, you know, seeing the the popular attraction there in Daytona. Yeah, absolutely. That is the only attraction to Daytona, you know, unless you go down to Main Street and then, you know, Main Street is what it is it's a cesspool of smells like so everybody pissed all over the street and all that fun stuff which they did so (laughs) so in other words the daytona tourism board is not going to be sponsoring us anytime soon (laughs) i i hope they don't (laughs) 
maybe Ormond Beach or Port Orange. I'll, I'll be fine with that, but not Daytona or Holly Hill. I mean, so, Holly Hill's all right. Actually, they're trying to make that place better, but Daytona, no. They so have we, no plans. So we scratch off Daytona, New Hampshire. Uh, <laughs> no, Nick's, now Nick's come back around in New Hampshire, I think. Yeah, but I haven't. I, I trashed them. And he's like, well, there, <laughs> there we go. <laughs> I trashed them on here. <laughs> I basically look at that for the entirety of New England, really. So, yeah, that, that's fun times. Brandon, you got any place that you hate? Uh, not really. I don't. I don't travel a whole lot, so. I just say New Hampshire because they're a speedway. That's not just because that's of true. The that's people true. there, just uh, the New Hampshire speedways. We'll never get them to, uh, you know, fund or sponsor us here at uh, Ghostfire Media. I'd say <laughs> Iowa, but I work in Iowa, so kind of a love hate relationship there. Oh, see, I have that, like, surprisingly, like, the weirdest place that I have a love-hate relationship with is La Crosse, Wisconsin. It's an old river city that it's actually where, oh, God, I can't remember the, I want to say it's J&B Performance Motorcycle Parts is based out of, I think. Can't remember. But I had to go there for a for work because my company bought a company there and we were moving offices and it's hilarious i love the city it's so midwestern that i absolutely loved it because it was basically on a saturday night everybody's at the bar and everybody's friendly and it was just an absolutely amazing time i just hate the airport It is the sick, like it's the weirdest airport that I've ever been to. Security opens only a half an hour before your flight's supposed to leave. And my wife had a flight out of there one time that they ended up canceling it. So she ended up having to drive to Minnesota. The one time I was there, security opens a half an hour before, and then I'm stuck there for three hours at the bar and I made some friends. I'm but sure it, you did. <laughs> but it was an absolutely great time. But the flight after that was miserable because, yeah, drunk on a flight from lacrosse to Chicago and then a two-hour layover in Chicago, even though I was three hours late, was a blast. So I just ended up meeting up with a bunch of guys at the bar with that were on leave. or uh, I think they were Army. I can't remember. Got even more drunk and then passed out on the plane and had to have a flight attendant poke me awake to get to my car after we landed. <laughs> have you guys uh got that channel Reels? Have you seen have you ever seen the show Dark Side of the Dark Side of the Ring? You seen that? No. Mm-hmm. Uh basically it just tells about like the grim side of professional wrestling. And each week they have these different stories. Well there's a uh one of the latest ones is the plane ride from hell. And it's all these wrestlers that came back from Europe and they basically took over this chartered airline and basically just completely trashed the living hell out of this airline. Uh, And Ric Flair was strutting up and down the aisle in nothing but a robe on. And he was pulling his robe open and and helicoptering his his privates (laughs) so everybody could see it. And he supposedly got up against his airline stewardess and uh air you know was helicoptering around her and telling her to touch it which she claims that didn't happen a couple of guys said it didn't happen she said says it did happen you know the whole 
story, you know, he says, she said type of thing. But if you get a chance to watch it, it actually is on YouTube. Uh, watch it. It's uh, pretty interesting, uh, the stuff that they did on this plane flight. I mean, fighting, uh, like spiking, uh, putting drugs in other wrestlers' drinks so they pass out and they start puking on each other. <laughs> just like hell. So, but it's a good show. So, anyways, I just thought you were talking about playing. Oh, I could tell you some fun stories, like a very late Southwest flight from Baltimore to Chicago one time that apparently I was on there with a bunch of frat guys that had free drink tickets. Oh, that's bad. I, 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 no, I, I can already tell that's not good. Oh, yeah, it was very entertaining. I'm sure. Yeah, remember, I'm, I'm, I used to be, Daytona used to be the spring break capital of the world. And uh, I used to play all those bars, all those spring breakers. I've seen what they do. <laughs> I mean, I've been to Daytona one time in my life, and it was for that purpose. Exactly. I knew it. I, I knew that's exactly what you were going to say. <laughs> There's only two things you do during spring break. One, get drunk. Oh, well, three, actually sleep, and the other chase tail the whole time you're around Daytona. That's also it. the only time I've technically been arrested, but I don't have anything on my record because I didn't have an ID on me because there was nowhere to keep it. <laughs> are you? Oh, Frank uh -uh, the you tank. were not. Frank oh. the tank. Frank <laughs> the tank. You were running around naked? No, I was in a Speedo. Oh, my God. Can you imagine Josh in a Speedo? At that time in my life, I was actually in really good shape. I'm but still, not now. I mean, come on. I did... Nobody wears a Speedo, dude. Hey, I, hey, I, I, I will take that back. sponsored by Speedo. I, well, I was in Thailand. We were at this one hotel, and uh, we were the military that said to say us at, and there were so many Russians there, and they the Russian men love Speedos. They love them. There was a dude, he was probably about 300 pounds, uh, running after his little toothpick skinny woman there in Thailand, uh, chasing him down towards the beach area. Uh, I mean, luckily, you know, they actually put us up in a, you know, de a decent hotel that was on the beach, but they put us, us lower enlisted guys in the shittiest part where they had like, you know, you know, the the rooms basically almost touched everybody. You could hear what the, the guy seven rooms down was doing from you because the walls were paper thin. And all the officers, they they lived in the, like the newer part of the resort. That's where they got to stay. But us uh, lowly people, we were in like the early early stages of the resort uh, before they became big. <laughs> but yeah, the Russian men, they they love Speedos. So yes. They hung like bear. <laughs> and apparently... Any any good stories you got for us? Oh, no, not really. No, I uh, really no nothing good. Nothing that to top anything you guys just went over. So, <laughs> how about last night's game? The Tampa Bay Buccaneers beat the Eagles. Oh, yeah. that's dirty. <laughs> <laughs> it's close enough. I thought it was going to be. So that's the only plus I got. I agree with you there. I didn't think it was going to be that close. I was like, man, when they're coming back in third quarter, I'm like. Oh, this might actually be a better game than I'm thinking it's going to be. So, that was the only maybe part if, I watched. Maybe if Sirianni <laughs> knew how to run the damn ball, they would have a shot. But, uh, yeah, it was well, a lot closer than I was going to be. I thought it was going to be a blowout, so. 
Yeah. Well, I mean, Tampa's had uh, their ups and downs. I mean, they they won their games, but they they haven't been that powerhouse the whole entire game. I mean, they lost the one game. Uh, and the other games, I mean, last week against New England, they barely won that game. So, and that should have been a blowout, but it, I don't, you know, they didn't play very well. So, but anyways, they did play decent enough last night to beat your Eagles. So, um, yeah, I just, well, that's, not, I, that's not too hard to do. <laughs> hey, you're two uh, and four now. I'm looking forward to that top five pick they're going to get. <laughs> yeah, they're, that's always the good thing you want to. Jaguars are still holding that. it in there for that first, the, the top pick again for the second season straight. Yeah, they're going to probably need a new coach too. Urban Meyer's not proving very much other than he can dance with other women. <laughs> uh, there's a reason why he ended up leaving OSU too. Why was that? What was the rumors, rumors there? No, they're just rumors. Yeah, pretty much. Just rumors of a uh, video of campus. him dancing with another woman that's just rumors of the video evidence rumors and video, yeah. video evidence and... yeah 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 so we actually you know the nfl had uh two coach two coaches uh they're under controversy now john gruden left the raiders for something he had said 11 years ago and from what i read i mean it was i mean it could now could be considered bad, but back then it was kind of like, well, it's just typical BS with a couple guys against each other. In but private. In private, exactly. I mean, I don't know why they're pulling our private stuff out to go against us, but they are. And Dave Chappelle got into uh, his little thing about the uh, transgender person. I actually got in trouble the other night. I... And I'm serious with this. So, so nobody come after me because I said this because I truly did not know. Do we need a dump uh, button? You, no, we don't need a dump button. Um, I'm just gonna. I just let you know. And if I offend you on this, I'm honestly sorry because I did not know this was an offensive word. But I was uh, at Universal on Wednesday night, and I was riding. Uh, men in black, and I had a couple women next you, to me. You're riding men in black. What were their men names? <laughs> <laughs> well, that, this kind of ties into that. Yeah. Now, I guess you want to talk about that. <laughs> <laughs> so, there were uh, two guys that, or two girls, two guys that used to be guys, now they're transgender. Well, they were telling me, they, were, they told me they loved me and they said, You're so much fun. And we, we enjoy hanging out with you. Would you have, would you come party with us? We'll show you the best party you've had, blah, blah, you know, all this stuff. And I said, I, I have to pass because my daughter is here at Universal and I have to go meet up with her, but I wish I could. You guys are a lot of fun too. You guys have a great night. Well, when I got back to my daughter who were with her two other uh, cast members from Disney um, and Disney is a very, very liberal. The people there are very, cast members are very liberal for the most part. And uh, I went back and I said, yeah, I said these two trannies try to pick me up back up on the ride. Not realizing that tranny was a, an offensive word because, I mean, my, my niece never say that my niece is a, now a nephew. Um, never, ever said, I said that to him and he never said anything back to me. So I never 
thought it was an offensive word, but my daughter immediately. I told you, punching a throat. Oh my <laughs> gosh, she she was yeah, throat punching, Russian bowling me, and you know the whole nine yards. Dad, you can't say that word. That's offensive. I was like, it, what word? What, what word? She, that word you just said. I go, transy, Tran, tranny, and she goes, they're called transgender. And I went, yeah, the, those two men oh. in black that you rode. Here's the one thing <laughs> well, that I they will were, tell you: those two guy, two girls were black. It, if were, it is very a, fun, I would have hung out with them. I tr- truly would have. If it was a learning experience, that's all that. Exactly. I learned something. I did not know that word was offensive. Did anybody, did you guys all know that was an offensive word? I did, but you did. Yeah. But again, it's one of those things that if you don't know, you don't know. And now you know. I did not know. I do. I do know. So so if we want to talk controversy, I think we should bring it a little bit back on topic. Let's Let's go to the real Roval race and Kevin Harvick. Yeah, Nick's. I feel topic. like we've got some good opinions here because I just saw Brandon smile. So I'll lead it off. So you know, it was a perfect opportunity. Um, there's been, pers- you know, somebody you know stated that like, well, maybe you know Chase was fighting a loose car. His wheel was turning left and right there, going over that turn because you know you your car gets off balance there. Maybe he was fighting it and kind of checked up a little bit and. Harvick just didn't check up enough uh, and got into him or was Harvick on the gas. I mean, there's so many different ways, but you know, uh, either way, karma got him. <laughs> karma. Yeah, I, I'm a Chase Elliott fan, so I'm a little biased, but you know, I used to like Harvick. Um, so it sucks seeing those two go at it, but I think the whole thing kind of got blown up a portion from Bristol. Honestly, I mean, Chase was upset, but he did a similar thing to Logano, you know, last year. Um, then I don't think what Chase really did to Kevin was all that bad either, you know. Pass him. If you're faster than him, pass him. He was running his line. He wasn't slowing you up that much. Larson likely could have caught you anyways. Um, I think Kevin blew away up a portion and with his whole comment about Chase calling him a nine-year-old and basically that Keelan. But, yeah, I mean, that situation, you know, I don't know. Really how you argue that Kevin didn't purposely dump him. Just knowing who Kevin is and his history, that it was 100% on purpose. Uh, he saw his shot. He knew he needed to something happen to Chase to, to try to take Chase's spot in the playoffs and took advantage of it. Um, you know, I'm, I'm glad I, to I see think, the I, young guys like Chase stick up for himself. Still, I think he would have still pointed his way in if he didn't you know, you know, know, crash his car. I think he still would have pointed his way in. And I think uh, Elliot was able to point himself in the way – the rest of the race went from that point on. But if you're going to punt somebody, punt them. Uh, you know, he barely tapped them there and got them, got them loose. And, you know, he, you know, hit the wall and was able to recover. If you're going to dump somebody to wreck them out of the race, wreck them out of the race. Don't do, don't do half ass, man. Just go, go far. Don't give them the tip. Go tires deep. Well, I, I think that that was ultimately it, it, looking at the end car because I have no affiliation with either of them. Unfortunately, that little bit of a blip of the throttle right as he goes in, it's pretty telling to where if he would have done any more to fully dump him, it would have been blatantly obvious rather than, okay, he started to get into the throttle to 
start going into the turn a little bit more and it's yeah he went he went for the full dump i i knew he was going to do that sooner or later i mean payback you know that's basically what he was trying to do and i i think i would have waited till turn one i think turn one would be your best opportunity if you're going to do that you you know just like oh crap i locked my brakes up and you know slide into them or something like that and uh, which, you know, it propels him forward. It slows your momentum down. You turn left and continue to go. Um, but, you know, that that's where I would have done it. If I'm going to try to give a payback, I would have wait, waited till that point. I mean, where he did, I mean, did his car was off-centered, off-balanced right there to the transition of that downhill to uphill to the, you know, making that, that left-hand turn there. You know, his car was, you know, kind of off-centered. But, yeah, I, I waited till turn one. That's where I would have dumped him. Yeah, I know. Yeah, it's cool to see Chase take up for himself, though. A lot of the young guys, he's always got that rep that he never did, and now he finally is, so I kind of like to see that. But, no, it sucks that Chase isn't just kind of a Chase fan, but it's definitely something NASCAR needed. You know, two Chase drivers going at it. The most popular driver in NASCAR is involved. Um, so it definitely helped so the sport itself. My other controversy that I have is uh, on Chase is that he's got a flapping rear bumper for four laps yeah. that's just there and they didn't black flag him to come in it's coming up we still, have, that too. we still had 15 laps to go it's not it's not hanging on come on now nascar it's not hanging on for 15 laps they they, they just like oh we're not gonna black flag him oh no it came out oh no this is gonna help him get all the way back up to the front and catch back up and have a chance to actually get in the playoffs uh, that's my controversy. I'll put my my tinfoil hat on. Is that NASCAR? That's my job. <laughs> NASCAR decided to not throw, not black flag him, hoping it would throw a caution to re rack everything to give him a chance because where he was sitting way back there, he didn't have a shot after he got wrecked. So they, my tinfoil hat says they just let let it go and waited. Was hoping that it would fall off sooner than later and get a good caution there. They were hoping that the camera crew like Dale Jr. and them weren't going to be focusing on them like they were. And when they were like, man, I don't know why they're not black flagging them. Man, I've seen other cars get black flagged like this. Yeah, I don't know why they're not black flagging them. Maybe they don't think it's going to fly off. Like the camera crew and, you know, the booth up there were all saying the same thing. Uh, yeah, I definitely think you could uh, you could question that. Uh, it's a pretty questionable move. Um, but I don't think, I think it's something they've, NASCAR's done. You know, for years now. I mean, it just adds more another layer to the whole the drama that they need. Well, I mean, how how upset would they be if NASCAR's Golden Boy is not in the playoffs? I mean, how many how many fans would stop watching the the last uh, five races or four races there if uh, Chase Elliott is now no longer locked in? Yeah, I didn't realize that he actually did make it. Yeah, because he, he at once. He, once the field got called back up through the caution, he was able to, to drive back through the field because, I mean, his car was just, you know, visually damaged. Functionally, he was still there, and uh, he was still able to compete, but he was just so far back at the time uh, when his parts were flying off, he there was no spots to pick up. So once they re-racked and stacked them, uh, he was able to start flying through the field like he, you know, like a good road course guy he was. Yeah, well, at the point of Kevin's wreck, he was still out of it. Because there's an in-car uh, audio of, of Chase's crew saying that if Kevin doesn't finish, you're advanced, and, and Kevin didn't finish. Um, so I think the final spot came down to those two, I think. No, I think um, I think after afterwards, Brad Kozlowski spun around yeah. and somebody else had, had a 
unfortunate accident there because I think Chase was like two spots ahead of the cut line there at the end. Oh, that might be, yeah. I know at one point in time when they were run by each other, it was, you know, between those two because Chase has some common that you want to worry about that. And then Kevin took care of it himself. Oh, yeah. So the top top eight uh, that were going to advance, Kyle Larson, Denny Hamlin, Martin Truex, Ryan Blaney, Kyle Busch, Chase Elliott, Joey Logano, and Brad Keselowski. Those are the guys that are actually going on. Yeah. Who's your pick, guys? Mine is Ryan Blaney. I know he's not going to get it done, but that's what I'm going to go for. Uh, Final four, I have Larson, Chase, uh, Blaney, and Denny. I think it's between Larson and Chase. They're going to you know, build one into Phoenix. I think those two are the best cars there. Well, we got to get through these last few races. We gotta, you know, I, got I, Martinsville coming up too. I think, I mean, I think you know, I think Denny has a shot finally. I think his momentum is dependent on swinging towards him this time around. So I hate to say it. I don't really like Denny Hamlin that much, but I think that, you know, the pendulum is swinging his way right now. Yeah, of, the, of, the final, of the final eight, as long as Denny or Logano don't win it, I'll be okay. Um, Denny I think or Larson, Logano? I think Larson uh, and Denny, unless something crazy happens, are, are safe bets for the final four. Uh, the other two spots are, are kind of for grabs. Out of those guys that I, I mean... Once again, I, I I have kind of personal contact with a lot of these guys. Um, Martin Truex is cool. Kyle Larson's super cool. Ryan Blaney's super super cool. Uh, Chase is cool. I've played ball with him before. Um, Logano's cool. Um, Kyle Busch can't stand him. Denny Hamlin can't stand him. You're not standing. I forgot about Kyle Busch. Yeah, I had him to that list of uh, yeah. drivers. I don't want to see him win it. <laughs> yeah, I. I mean, I. I would. You know, I would just assume that Denny, Kyle Busch, and Brad Keselowski all get knocked out, and then the other one to go. Oh gosh, hmm. I hate to see any of the other guys go out. I was uh, gonna say, I just from. <laughs> Not necessarily being a lifelong NASCAR fan, just somebody that's okay. I've watched, started watching in the past two years. <laughs> like just from what I've seen, just I love his style. Like Truex, just, Martin's a good guy, you know. And actually, if we're gonna cheer for some of these guys, and all realistic, I mean, uh, Martin has been sim racing. I mean, actually, he was discovered as pretty much a sim racer. Mm -hmm. No, that's so, why just watching back last year, watching the E-Series with the pro, the pro Invitationals and all of that, just watching somebody that seemed to just naturally pick up what I love to do. I, I, I well, he's doing longer than you've been doing it, so. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I, I haven't been a, a big fan of Martin Truex since his... Uh, Michael Waltrip days running uh, his organization. I, I don't know. I just didn't like him there. And then, I mean, he's a great guy. Like he, he seems like he's, you know, a down to earth, good, good hearted person. I've just never been able to root for him uh, since uh, his days over at Michael Waltrip racing. Yeah. I, I actually raced with him back on online back on 10. I mean, him and junior used to be on 10 all the time. And so I raced with him back then. And he was always pretty cool back then, you know, 
him, I mean, it was pretty funny back when those guys were racing on 10 and then racing on the weekends, running in the, uh, Bush series, they were actually use strategy that they learned in the sim to translate to the actual thing. Pretty neat. Oh, so what you missed earlier here is we had Boomer Logan from fuel who used to race with Eric Jones back in uh, his, uh, was it, uh, the quarter midgets quarter midgets. Oh, really? Yeah. Eric's pretty cool. He's not bad. He's a guitar player. So we like Eric. Keep trying to sell him a guitar. He hadn't bought a guitar for me yet though. I'm trying. He's trying to sell you one, but yeah, I, I'm no. trying to, yeah, I'm trying to hook him up with a guitar. He's got, he's got several guitars and I'm, I've been trying to get him to buy a guitar from the guitar addict. Maybe, uh, when I see him in Phoenix, I'll try again. <laughs> When An when Randy's got a remote in with famous friends that he's constantly name dropping, I'm hoping I'm going to do that. I, you know, uh, Pat just dropped uh, a bomb on me. We're going to play Tuesday night. I know we're going to do that with the pit road pickers, and then he told me Wednesday and Thursday I should go to Vegas and enjoy my time. So I'm going to go to Vegas for a couple days and then come back Friday night when we do the podcast. I may, I'm not sure how I'm going to do it because uh, they told me we're going to probably be at the racetrack with the uh, Brant guys. And maybe if, if I'm doing that, maybe Junior will be there. Uh, I know Allgaier will be there. So maybe uh, we'll get all those guys <laughs> on the, name uh, the podcast. I'm just saying, I'm just saying this could happen. I'm just, Is this but this I coming don't, Friday? It, I don't think you can no, just subtly drop Junior's really, name like that. Well, I'm just saying he he might show up for that. It's a brand which he sponsors, uh, or his car is sponsored by Brandt. And Kelly has been there. I mean, I've met Kelly numerous times. And, uh, but, you know, you never know. Mabel? Basically, that you've just baited Nick making sure he shows up that <laughs> <laughs> You know what they call this? Have you you guys been watching the show Clickbait? Anybody watch that on Netflix? It's actually a pretty cool thing. Uh, good show to watch. Um, little mini series that they're doing on there. Um, so it's called Clickbait. Clickbait. So oh, uh, yeah, that was a good. That was a good uh, series. Yeah. So that's what we're doing here. We're uh, so make sure in about three weeks when I'm out in Phoenix uh, to tune into the show and uh, who knows uh, who I'll bring on. If I'm even able to get on, for who, who knows? If I'm on, I, it will be on my phone. All right. Well, so the audio sucks. It, right, it's, it's one of those things that, as we're 17 minutes over. That's what I'm saying. We're, we're getting light here in the Ghostfire Media. Uh, since uh, Randy didn't give us the intro, how about Randy give us the exit? The exit. All right. Hey, guys. Thanks for watching tonight. Sorry I was late, but you guys had a great show with Adam and Josh and. Brandon, thanks for joining us once again. And uh, sorry I interrupted your party. <laughs> yeah, anytime. <laughs> anytime you guys want me on, I'll be on. All right. Sounds good, man. And congratulations again on another win last night. <laughs> thanks. Too bad you beat the guitar addict Chevrolet behind you. But it's okay. <laughs> I thought he was coming. <laughs> he was trying. But anyways, uh, thanks for watching. We got to do what? one real quick thing. Quick picture got... Texas. Oh, yeah. We got to do quick around the horn. Yeah, that's right. Real quick. I'll we'll start with Randy. I went first last time. 
Uh, 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 Dan Shirley. He doesn't race Sunday nights anymore. Oh, that's right. You quit. Dang yeah, it. Why work, is that? Work. I was going to say Josh Hanner, but I don't think he runs Sunday nights. No, he'll be there. Okay, so Josh Hanner. Which I'll probably see Josh Hanner in a couple. He's going to come down and see me. So I'm, Josh, if you're watching, I got an SG coming in. He he he's the one that actually yeah. reminded me that to do this. <laughs> I I I got to go with the winner. The last time we were there, Mr. Josh Hanner. Okay, so I was and, right. See, uh, his comment was, "Hell yeah, I'll be in Daytona." All right, got an SG coming in. All right, Brandon. Um, well, I was going to take Hanner, but since you two took him, I'm not going to. Um, I'm going to go with Greg Wellen. He's been pretty quick, not especially in intermediates. Yeah, I, I'm going to choose. He's done it already once. I, I'm going to choose another one of my teammates. I'm going to go with Brian McFerrin. He's been showing some great speed lately. and I, I think he's going to get out there and run a lot of practice laps. I think he's going to be up front. We have a man to contend with this uh, Sunday. Hey, while we're talking about your teammates, uh, you lost a teammate, and a teammate came back to the uh, rejects this week. Johnny uh, Downey, who was on uh, Still Horse, left and came back to... Yeah, I'm, surpri uh, I'm surprised you guys let him back. Well, he he's a reject you. now. We figured he got rejected from Steel Horse, so he, okay. now he kind of fits in with us, with the whole thing. We're all a bunch of rejects. You know, nobody wants us, so... Reject means he would have got fired from the team. Well, we don't really know what the real story was. You know, we'll never really know. He left the team. So, okay. There, there, he, he, so he's not a reject. So I, he decided to leave the team to go back to the, your team. Well, he's he a reject now because we, we changed the name. The team is now the rejects. We're not response. We're just all a bunch of rejects of some sort. <laughs> Degenerates. So, all, right. all right, I think it's time to wrap it up. Yeah, let's get out of here, guys. All right. So uh, you've been watching the Ghostfire Media Podcast. And don't forget, if you missed any part of the podcast tonight, you can uh, listen back on YouTube, uh, podcasts on iTunes. I did not know this. Did you guys know this? You can listen back on iTunes? Anchor puts that thing everywhere. It's awesome. Anchor yeah. On Spotify. Does not put it on Spotify. It's it on Spotify. Fit. It's on Spotify. It Last few weeks hasn't been on there because I lose. That's where I listen to it. Really, it hadn't been on there. We need to check that out then. But uh, so it's on several different platforms. And uh, if you missed any part, please listen back, Spotify. and you can listen back to many of the other. Yeah, there it is. Is the latest one yeah. on there because it's, it's feel like it's a few weeks old now. I have to check to see. Some is so. not kid notifications anymore. But you can, you know, if you got, you can look on podcasts on uh, on your phone too. It's on a lot of different other platforms as well. So, anyways, thanks for watching, and we will see you next week here on the Ghostfire Media Podcast. I'm Randy Pepper, Adam Wood, Josh Lassen, and Brandon Burthart stopping by, and the other guests. Thanks for everybody else for, uh, that stopped by tonight. We will see you next week here at eight o'clock again on the Ghostfire Media Network. See ya. Thank you for watching iRacing on the Ghost Fire Media Network. Did it, 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 did it,